0: Does have it all. All of our pre owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128 point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties a two year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty, and a 30 day 1,000 mile comprehensive warranty. Visit
1: any of our 13
0: locations today or click drivehubler.com. Has it all.
2: Since we were last here, Kevin, there, there was a decent amount of stuff that kind of came out yesterday, news wise, right? Yeah, had a Thursday night football game with a guy that nobody had heard of two weeks ago getting another win at quarterback. I shouldn't say nobody, but he is Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, another legendary quarterback coming back, and we find out, is a an interim assistant. I think, you know, I don't know how, like, relevant that is, but Drew Brees coming back for Purdue, right? And Purdue hiring an offensive coordinator, which is intriguing, who's a Mike Leach disciple. So open it up. What do we say? That they got to kind of open up their offense? So, you know, a decent amount of stuff took place yesterday, and it also went to, like, freezing outside.
3: Yeah, there's certainly a lot for this Friday. Uh, we are now, what, less than 36 hours away from the Colts playing a football game. That's a bit unusual for us on a Friday. 1 o'clock kick tomorrow. Uh, the Pacers start, I think, kind of another new step in their season. We'll explain a little bit more as they're in Cleveland tonight. That, that is a 7.30 tip. And, J.K., I was thinking this on the drive-in. I'm a little bit bummed. Although the college basketball slate locally is really good over the next 48 hours, um, I'm a little bummed because this is usually Crossroads Classic weekend. And that was always one of my favorite events of the year. Um, And I obviously get the reasons why Indiana, Notre Dame specifically, wanted to back out of that. Uh, You know, obviously Purdue will... Be over at Cambridge Fieldhouse tomorrow against Davidson, but I always loved that event. I always love the fact that, you know, you got the four fan bases together and uh, just kind of a fun Saturday afternoon down there at Banker's Life, so I am a little disappointed that we no longer have that. Where do you stand on your holiday shopping, Christmas shopping? Uh, I got a good chunk done during the bye week.
2: Because that was always one of my favorite things about this time of year the Saturdays of, you know, whether it be the Army Navy game or Indiana, Kentucky for a long time in my young adulthood. You know, Christmas shopping and like and I realized like the days of the packed malls is probably also uh, you know, bygones. But it was just always fun to like be in the mall and you and you go past like one of the TV stores and people are kind of crowded around because one of the games it's on. Everybody's watching that, paying attention to it or listening to it on the radio. It's just a fun time of year, all the way around. Fun time of year.
3: You know, it's fun. You know, those Crossroad Classic, you know, you kind of meet up on the concourse at halftime and in between games, and you've got, you know, obviously IU and Butler, mingling, Purdue and Notre Dame, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but that is no longer. Again, it's still a great college basketball weekend, and we will focus on that for a chunk of today. Fad Mod is going to join us at 9 o'clock. Butler gets their Big East slate underway tomorrow night and they have got the undefeated number three ranked UConn Huskies I think a few tickets still available over there at Hinkle Fieldhouse uh, but a big opener in conference play for Thad Mod and the Bulldogs of course Indiana uh, over at Jake's Old Stomping Grounds with Kansas tomorrow at noon and like I said Purdue and Davidson Tomorrow night over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. I believe that's estimated for about a six fifteen tip. The first game over there is Ball State and um, Illinois State. That's what gets started in the first annual Indy Classic. Uh, how does team in the NFL play last night? Man, clearly
2: seven in a row, right? And it, it does not appear with San Francisco, who clinched their division last night, that the changing quarterback really makes any difference for him, right?
3: How team in the NFL without their starting quarterback, without their backup quarterback, and without their best player. Yeah, I mean, in D. Bill Samuel.
2: The NFC just feels wide open because it, even though San Francisco is playing really well, as we just talked about, it doesn't jump out at you like, man, the Niners, you know, they, like, look out, they're unbelievable. I, and
3: See, I think a couple teams are on a tier. I think I, Philly, Dallas, and San Francisco I, are on a tier.
2: I would agree but what I am saying is, like that, that
3: tier doesn't. Philly
2: definitely feels like they've been dominant all year. Dallas is really good, Kevin, and they're balanced, but we just don't talk about them, right? There is so much talk about Philly, and then I think just because of the the dynamic nature in which they can score and the pace in which they can play in the AFC, there is so much talk about Buffalo and Kansas City that we just kind of seem to overlook. The efficiency of San Francisco and Dallas. You know what I mean. I mean, Jalen Hurts makes plays with his legs, and and they're a great story because he was not, you know, he was a he wasn't a guy that was a top ten pick. I mean, he was a high pick, but not a top ten pick. But
3: Dallas and Frisco, you watch them, and you're like, they just keep winning, right? And they can do it in different ways. Yeah, and they've overcome injuries. I mean, Dak Prescott, of course, missed some time for Dallas early in the season. You know, a couple of things, Jake, on last night. Um, made a head coaching candidate list, posted on the website last week, the name that I would want to see the Colts certainly interview, and he continues to be. Um, one that impresses is 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans. Uh, was in the process last year with Minnesota, actually pulled his name out of that process um, as San Francisco is making their run to the NFC Championship game. Uh, that 49ers defense continues to, to impress, And you talk about a young kind of CEO type. Um, I think a lot of people feel like he would fit that mold. Um, the other thing, and, and I want to make this very clear, Brock Purdy has got a lot of talent around him. But Jake, San Francisco's hand been forced to play Brock Purdy. But it's one of these things where when you do draft quarterbacks, at some point, and this seems rather obvious, it's really beneficial to give that guy a chance. And that's why I look at the Colts over the final four games and think, why not throw Sam Ellinger out there? Did they feel like they got the, Did he got his chance? Is two starts getting your chance? I, I when you fire your I'm offensive coordinator. Right, like, i Right, yeah, I, I, I get why you're asking it. I mean, you fired your offensive coordinator after the first start. So, uh, by no means am I acting like Ellinger is the next Brock Purdy, but for what it's worth, he was drafted you don't know, though, right? 45 spots ahead of Brock Purdy. Um and again, when you have George Kittle and you have Christian McCaffrey and you have that defense, it certainly helps you out big time. Uh, but that has just continued to be the head-scratcher for me and why do I need to see a 37-year-old, in my opinion, banged up and or washed up, however you want to look at it, Matt Ryan. But nonetheless, that's the route that the Colts are taking. Still a four-point spread for tomorrow? I, th- I mean, again, that seems low to me. I yeah, still at four. Minnesota at 10 and three. The Colts four, eight and one. Again, Justin Jefferson, arguably the best player in the NFL. The Colts will see tomorrow. They will move him around a lot, and it's a banged up cornerback group. No Kenny Moore. Brandon Faison is doubtful with an illness, so unlikely to play. So that means a lot of Stephon Gilmore, a lot of Isaiah Rodgers, which I think is a good thing. Uh, but then Tony Brown would be your third corner. I don't think we'll get Gilmore like exclusively following Jefferson around, but I do think that is something the Colts need to entertain at parts of the game.
2: Uh, Mark, you're awake this morning, right? Yep, I'm Just here. Wondered. I mean, Kevin showing, showing restraint. you know where i'm going with that right yeah yeah we we got to got the the trigger finger we saved the gilmore drops for later in the show once Mm -hmm. people are awake and we've conditioned them uh good morning to you friday by the way some nice maturity mark happy friday it is some good maturity uh this is our last friday doing this program before Christmas because we will be out one week from today, is that correct?
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah let's telling him that. There's no show on Friday. <laughs> yeah, 20, 23rd Thanks. we are out. Uh the Colts will play next Monday night, so we'll have shows all that following week, but uh yeah, nothing a week from Friday. Uh the Drew Brees thing moved the needle at all for you, Jake. Am I being truthful? I would hope for 15 hours a week, you
2: are truthful. I mean, not really. I Look, It's. I, I think it's more just symbolic than anything, right? Drew Brees announced as an assistant interim coach for Purdue, but he is going to help with recruiting, so I guess that's cool. But uh, depending on, I mean, I assume it's just through the bowl game, right?
3: Okay. That's I'm what it kinda... sounds like. All West right. Lafayette this time of year seems a little different than Del Mar this time of year where Drew Brees lives. How okay, do you think? How do you think the misses? Oh, yeah. Spend Christmas in West Lafayette. Taking the kids over to Harry's. Yeah, exactly. And they can run around brothers. I think, you know, they got $2 burgers on Tuesday nights there. Um, Yeah, I'm largely with you, Jake, but I do think this. I think it's important to keep your most prominent football player around and a guy that supports the program and a guy that wants to support the program. Um, I, I saw something yesterday. I thought it was a good point. Like Breeze, I believe is like I don't know if he has a title, but he's kind of spearheading that NIL collective. So I I think it's important to have that guy around the program. And maybe I'm putting too much into this, but I don't know. Maybe for a couple weeks in practice, you think those guys might be a little bit more motivated to look over and see a Drew Breeze versus Brian Brom, who's gonna just gonna leave for Louisville in a couple weeks. Yeah, no, that's
2: that's fair. I mean, it's neat for. It's cool. There's nothing negative you'd say about it. I just don't think it's... You know, somebody yesterday asked me, like, wait a minute, did Purdue hire Drew Brees as head coach? I'm like,
3: no, 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 let's not. Yeah, make this very clear. This is interim assistant through the bowl game. I mean, it feels honorary, right? Yeah, like he's the coin toss guy. Yeah, pretty much. Which, this is happening. Like, Louisville... By the way, you know we start bowl games
2: today? Uh, What bowl games today? I'm going to guess the Blue Bonnet Bowl...
3: We have ranked teams matching up in a bowl game today. Okay, Gmac Bowl. I believe the Bahamas Bowl is today, and then you get the Cure Bowl. Those are ranked teams. The Roadrunners of Texas, San Antonio, and Troy. Okay.
2: But tomorrow you got that Fenway Bowl, which now, remember? Troy, how did they get that big wooden horse for the team to travel on down to the Bahamas? Did they have to put that on a boat? That's the Cure Bowl. That's that.
3: That's not oh, the Bahamas no. Bowl. Where, where is the Cure Bowl? Yeah, I would guess like Mobile. I feel like you played nine bowl games in been Mobile. Hanging out in that thing for like three days. <laughs> in mid-December. Waiting to surprise everybody. Uh, tomorrow you got the Fenway Bowl, which that is kind of awkward because the teams share a sideline, and Louisville's head coach left to go to Cincinnati. <laughs> so I don't know if Scott Scatterfield just sits right in the middle of the two teams, uh, but Louisville, their interim coach I saw was Dion Branch. That's right, who lived in Indy for a long time. So I think we're seeing... A little bit of this, and again, Drew Brees is not going to be the interim head coach. He's going to be the interim assistant.
2: What? What? Let me ask you: this, What would be the worst? Like, if you did not go, if you're the head coach, Kevin Bowen, of you know, in certain name of whatever school, State U, and you don't make it to the college football playoffs, what's the bowl that you would be most excited about Pro- in terms of location? Probably the Bahamas Bowl, right? Yeah. Now, if we were going with sponsor name, the hometown lenders Bahamas Bowl. So, if you had to come, if you got a, if you got a year's supply of the sponsor, and you got to go to a cool spot, what's the best combo? Hometown lenders Bahamas Bowl, not bad, right? Well, if you love mayo, what about the mayo bowl? Yeah, well, but if you win, you get dunked in mayo. And by the way, mayonnaise, the most disgusting condiment on the planet.
3: Yeah, it's not very high on my list. Yeah, I um, am a little, and again, I understand, Jake. But it's a tad surprising to me to see the opt-outs for Purdue in this bowl game. I can't disagree. For for most teams, man. I mean, you ha- again, yeah, and yes, to your point, a lot of teams are going through this. I will say, I guess I should look deeper into this. Notre Dame has two bowl opt-outs. They're both supposed to be first-round picks. Purdue's opt-outs, are any of these guys going to have their name called in round one? Or maybe even round two? I, like Charlie Jones and Payne Durham? I, I don't think they're supposed to go that high. And obviously, I Aiden O'Connell could be, I don't know, second or third, Aiden maybe. Aiden O'Connell's is more personal, isn't it? I, 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 that was my assumption yeah. with everything family-wise. But it's just, it's a bummer the bull games have turned into a glorified spring game for next year. Totally agree.
2: What about the quick lane bowl where you go to Ford Field in Detroit? Is that bowling? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like, I, I don't know. The day after Christmas, do I really want to go to Ford Field in Detroit? That's New Mexico State yeah. and Bowling Green, by the way. Yeah, I can't say that one is too exciting for me. The Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. That's the, I'm sorry, that's the Camellia Bowl, which is played in Crampton Bowl Stadium in Montgomery, Alabama. I don't...
3: And again, I, I know why these guys are opting out, but... Isn't there an element of like, boy, we got to play an SEC team in January in Florida? Totally. I, I mean, get a win nine games. You know, I mean, and again, these opt-outs for Purdue specifically, and I'm just using Purdue as an example. They're in our backyard. The news came out yesterday. Again, I know this is a college football-wide thing, but it's just a bummer that this is what the bowl season has turned into because you don't get the opportunity to play LSU in a regular season matchup. That's just, uh, it's not how college basketball or college football really operates. Um, And you get that chance in a bowl game and it's going to be Austin Burton and, you know, a bunch of random guys that we really haven't seen too much this year. Here's the thing, Kevin.
2: It is very easy for me, you, you know, whoever it might be, Mark, people listening to say, you know, there's just too many bowl games. There's just too many bowl games. I remember back when it was, the Orange, the Fiesta, the Sugar, and the Rose, and then, you know, the Blue Bonnet, the Holiday, Cotton and bowl. the Cotton Bowl, right? There are too many bowl games. Everybody with 500, I get it. But, we'll watch them, right? I mean, the reality is, it's kind of like the World Cup. Don't get me wrong, no, I'm not comparing the the stakes by any stretch. But I enjoy the World Cup just because it's fun to have sports on in the background when I'm doing stuff throughout the course of the day and whatever else. And I think for a lot of people this time of year, the same is true of bowl games. Like it's a lot of people are on vacation, so it's Tuesday night and it's cold outside. Oh, hey, look, you know, I'm going to turn on the television and here's Ohio and Wyoming playing in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Okay, I'll watch that. Now, you don't sit down and lock it in. But you'll check it out. And they get dec- and Southern
4: Misseran.
2: Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, they get decent TV ratings. Oh, I mean, they get unbelievable TV ratings. And so the money's there, so that's why they do it, right? Because we watch. I, I'm a little surprised Barstool Sports has a bowl game.
3: Second year for that?
2: Didn't they do that last year? Is, is the bowl game just nothing but, like, high school and college guys making dumb videos? Ohio and Wyoming. The Cowboys, go
3: Pokes. That game's in Tucson. Graham Harrell, that is the reported name for the offensive coordinator for Purdue. I think college football fans will recognize that name. As Jake mentioned earlier, um, he played for Mike Leach. um, So this is a type of hire that um, I think Ryan Walters was kind of hinting at of you know, we want to be a spread team. We, 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 we want to throw it, um, kind of that air raid system. Harrell was at USC, actually, as offensive coordinator, and then most recently spent one season at West Virginia. West Virginia, for what it's worth, averaged 30 points per game. Last year brought in a new AD, and they're looking for um, a new staff. So uh, that appears to be the name. Graham Harrell, pretty young coach. I actually spoke with him after uh, Michael Pittman was drafted. He coached Michael Pittman at USC. Seemed like a decent dude. Um, So that is a hire that I think makes a lot of sense. I I don't see that hire and think that is archaic Big Ten offensive coordinator football. That, to me, screams modern offense, exciting, and I think if you're a Purdue fan, you should be encouraged by that.
2: (laughs) Somebody just sent me a clip since you're talking about the Mayo Bowl. You You ever heard of a show on TLC called Before the 90 Days? It's like a ninety-day preview before people get married, I and I Gal found out that her fiance Ed uses mayonnaise in his hair. What,
3: <laughs> boy, that's a break of the vows, is it not? I, that would be. <laughs> I don't know. I'm if that's gonna yeah, honey, on 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 that one. I'm actually going to stay on my bachelorette party, I think, forever. <laughs> Creates a little extra shine in his hair. Apparently, does it smell like sandwich in here, Ed? <laughs> Douse of it. It's just my hair, dear. Just a little just Get a little left. tablespoon each morning a mayo really gets things started. I mean, wow. Right? I might opt for that here. Oh, I mean, here's the thing. <laughs>
4: I have been and always yeah. will be a Hellman's man. <laughs> they've got video
2: of Ed, and it's more than a tablespoon. This fella's going half
4: jar. Oh my God. <laughs>
3: God, I'm gonna puke here on this Friday morning. (laughs) Wow. Really gets the shine going. That's
2: exactly what he's going for. Lord. Ed's Uh, got a good looking head of hair. Mentioned
3: this a little bit earlier, a new step now for the Pacers. (laughs) It's kind of unusual. Twenty nine games into the season. And I'm I'm busy watching Ed over here. (laughs) So what's that? Twenty nine games. About what? About a third into the season, a little bit over a third into the season. They have yet to play uh, one of the top teams in the East. They have not played Milwaukee, Boston, or Cleveland. Tonight it will be Cleveland. Uh, that's 7.30 up there. So, if you look at the Eastern Conference standings right now, of the top six teams in the East, the Pacers are 7th. Pacers have only played one game against those teams. That would be a loss to Philly earlier in the year without Miles Turner. So, you know, we kind of talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago when they were going out west a new challenge for them, and now they're going to start to play some of these top teams in the Eastern Conference here, who they have not seen yet this year. Have they, wait, have they not played Philly, did you say? Philly once, okay. and that's it. Haven't played Boston, haven't played Milwaukee, haven't played Cleveland, haven't played New York. Um, so they'll see the Cavs tonight. Of course, it looks like they're going to get Cleveland's first-round pick this year, and you might argue that that trade's already a win. Would you rather have Andrew Nemhard or Karis LeVert? Oh, you're not kidding, man. And Karis Levert's kind of
2: dropped off a little bit, right? I mean...
3: And to be fair, they obviously have added some pieces that have diminished the role for Karis Levert. When Donovan Mitchell's averaging 29 yeah. a game, um, things have changed a bit, but that trade, without question, um, again, you'd probably take Nemhard over Levert, no questions asked right now, and then the Pacers, in all likelihood, will get Cleveland's late first-round pick. Coming up here in 2023, it's a big favorite for Cleveland tonight. They're favored by seven and a half over Indiana.
2: Cleveland is one of those teams that you haven't heard a lot about, but they've done. I think they're they're probably about where people anticipated that they would be at this point,
3: right? Twelve and two at home, third in the East. Um, so again, just a different type of challenge. A lot of length in the front court with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Um, so it'll be a good challenge tonight for the Pacers. It's
2: funny, Ricky Rubio averaging 13 and, and five a game. For Cleveland, I know he wasn't healthy a year ago, but he was one of those that Ricky Rubio kind of gets the Danny Ferry award. And the fact that once he is a retired player, you're going to look at his teams of service and go, when was Ricky Rubio a
3: pacer? Yeah, that was awkward. The whole like the inability to kind of dump him contract wise. Yeah, Very, I mean, for sure. Dylan
2: Windler, by the way, Indiana product, still not really cracking the rotation for Cleveland.
3: But yeah, the Perry Perry Meridian, he's, he's a great golfer. There. Is he really? Great golfer. You
2: know what sport has naturally good golfers? Hockey players. You ever watch hockey players golf? Really? I now, mean, is this like a Happy Gilmore reference? No, no, no. I'm being totally serious. I remember um, when I worked in St. Louis, the Blues would do a golf outing every year where you, know, you pair up with one of the Blues players' fundraiser, and- Chris Pronger was an unbelievable golfer, but I think, quite frankly, Kevin, I don't know. You would know better than I. I don't know how much hockey you've played, but I think it's because the range of motion of like a slap shot is the same as a golf drive, right? So it's so the natural movement of one's arm is just similar for a I can see hockey that. player. So they just naturally are pretty good at it. On the show today, by the way, Greg Rakeshaw are going to join us at eight o'clock uh, this morning. Then just a little over an hour from now, Voice of the Colts Matt Taylor joins us. Danny Lopez of the Indiana Pacers is going to join us at 8.45 to kind of school us on why Adam Silver was here for basically the week hanging out with the Blue and Gold. And then Thad Mata at 9 o'clock. So we have a big show lined up here on a Friday getting set for the weekend. And as I'd mentioned, this would be the last Friday that we'll be doing a show because uh, before Christmas because we will be off one week from today as we head down the home stretch. What do we have, uh, basically one week of shopping left? Nine days, something like that? Right, and for a lot of people, they'll, they'll expend all those nine days. <laughs> or wait until the 24th. Um, we'll get you caught up on what happened overnight as well, by the way, and we'll do that next here. Kevin Acquary, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Allstatesports.com on 93.5 and
0: 107.5, The Fan.
3: Jake, tonight, Pacers back in action, 7.30 tip up in Cleveland. Again, we talked about it a little bit earlier, Pacers have not really played any of the best teams in the Eastern Conference yet. Cleveland would qualify as that a 7.5 point underdog. You surprised by that for Indiana?
2: Not re- Cleveland's pretty good, and it's on the road. Um, I think the Pacers deserve a little more credit than that, but... A little more respect than that, but still, I think league-wide, they're seen as a young team.
3: 5 o'clock Sunday, is that the tip time with the Knicks?
2: That's correct. 5 o'clock on Sunday at the Fieldhouse, yep. Into a little bit of a... Do you call that a matinee? Early evening? That's a matinee, right? Isn't a matinee anything before
3: dinner hour? We'll call it a matinee. Sure. Uh, Steph Curry, out multiple weeks with that shoulder injury that he suffered uh, here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, so that means no Steph on Christmas.
2: You know what uh what word I heard yesterday for the first time in a while. Had some PTSD subluxation. Maybe Steph Curry called up Andrew Luck, was like, Hey, explain to me again what subluxation is because boy, I remember going through the whole rigomore with Andrew Luck of learning what the subluxation is, but that apparently was the diagnosis PTSD
3: on Steph that Curry.
2: front. Yeah, exactly.
4: Mark, thanks. I'm sorry. You sent egg salad sandwich <laughs> gifts to me. What do, you, do we have that, fella? This is the mayonnaise and Your the hair fella? Or horrifying. We do not need to be playing this. <laughs> I smell like an egg salad sandwich. <laughs> well, Then he goes on to say, but it really works. That's the only part I got was that part. But, yeah, Thursday
3: yeah. night football last night, 21-13. 49ers <laughs> beat the Seahawks. No hotter team in the NFL right now than Sam Fran. They clinched the NFC West. They've won seven in a row. They're on their third string quarterback. They don't have Debo Samuel. But Christian McCaffrey, 138 total yards last night. George Kittle... A couple of touchdowns. And now the Seahawks have lost 4 of 5. So Seattle could be backing their way out of the I was going to say, playoffs.
2: back to reality for Seattle, right? Can you imagine what that fella smells like on a hot day? By the way, speaking of the Niners being hot. <laughs> no, like I said. I'm trying
4: not to puke. I've before. already 8 o'clock. almost
3: puked twice here Sorry. on this Friday morning. Sorry.
2: Uh, college basketball. Big slate over the course of the weekend. Beginning tomorrow at noon, it's Indiana and Lawrence. Allen Fieldhouse to take on the Jayhawks of Kansas. Then... Uh, Also at noon, IEPY in Eastern Illinois, by the way. Ball State and Illinois State. Part of the Indy Classic to tip things off at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. 3.30 tomorrow, followed by Purdue and Davidson at 6.15. UConn undefeated at Hickle Fieldhouse to take on Butler. That game at 7 o'clock, Thad Moda to join us at 9 a.m. The
3: latest on the Indiana front, Jalen Hood-Chefino. Sounded like he was going to give it a go in practice yesterday. Kind of test, get him into some contact, some physical stuff, see how that back responds. Like Jake said, it's a noon tip from Allen Fieldhouse. You absolutely love this game for college basketball. Again, it's a bummer to me, selfishly, There's that there's no Crossroads Classic anymore. Fully understand why Indiana and Notre Dame specifically wanted to back out of that. Indiana once play games like this um, great to see it on campus of course and obviously Kansas will return the favor next year at Assembly Hall here was Mike Woodson yesterday on facing the 9-1 and Jayhawks
0: and they play well at home I mean if you look at their record over the last you 16-17 know, years or so they they haven't lost very many games at home so we're going to have to go in there and commit to 40 minutes and do it on both ends of the floor and, and see what happens you know I, I know one thing we can't come out and start a game like we did against Arizona, and, and dig a hole and, and expect to win. You know, I mean that was that was tough the other night. Uh, although we fought back and did a lot of good things uh, against good teams, you just you know, you got to be in the game early and, and give yourself a chance.
3: Jake, Kansas definitely doesn't have the front court that Arizona has. Couple starters back from the national championship team, not super deep, but again, nice start to the year for them. Nine and one, they lost to Tennessee in the Bahamas. Um, so this is going to be a big challenge on the road.
2: By the way, they haven't lost many games at home for like the last 86 or 97 years. When he said 16 or 17 years, I'm like, that's been one of the toughest places to play in college basketball for a century. Yeah, was he referencing
3: maybe the self era?
2: You know, but Yeah, that's probably right.
3: But I think this is what you love about college basketball, Jake. And this is what college basketball needs to continue to kind of appeal to the non-conference season. You want these games on campus. Yeah. You want these guys to feel these atmospheres, the fan bases, of course. Um, So looking forward to tomorrow at noon. Mark, you said the line's dropping again? Yeah, it's down to three and a half. Wow. The Vikings looked pretty healthy on the injury report compared to the Colts. Uh, We'll get more into this. Colts-Vikings, again, that matchup coming up 1 o'clock on Saturday. I think there's a lot of attention on this weekend um, for the Colts. We'll explain more coming up here in a few minutes. Kevin and Query on
2: <laughs> aren't you glad you mentioned the mayo bowl, <laughs> the Duke's mayo bowl? You think anyone has any idea what we're talking about? <laughs> so earlier this morning, we were talking about bowl games. Kevin had mentioned that he thought it'd be kind of fun if you liked mayonnaise to go to the Duke's mayo bowl. I had mentioned that I think mayonnaise is the most disgusting condiment on the planet. And um, I was texted then a video from a TLC show of a guy that puts <laughs> mayonnaise in his Hair, which is the most disgusting video ever <laughs> but uh
4: mark now has become a mayo enthusiast and is playing songs about mayonnaise yeah smashing pumpkins mayonnaise that's a great song okay kind of a somber intro there yeah uh, uh smashing when you're pumpkins, putting mayonnaise in
2: your hair it should be somber smashing pumpkins the most overrated band of the Ooh, 90s man that's harsh i'm just saying the most overrated band of the 90s. I don't know if I can agree with you on that. Kevin, you were saying the line didn't, it just keeps
4: shrinking and shrinking. Yeah, uh, Mark was saying three and a half? For the Colts and Vikings, I, uh, right? I just checked at the break. Yeah, three and a half.
3: Yeah, I'm still seeing four here. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand why it would be dropping like that. Uh, but again, it's a huge weekend for the Colts when you look at, really, the draft order. I think first and foremost, um, mentioned a little bit earlier, but you have seven teams sitting at five and eight. So if you look at the Colts right now in seventh in the draft order, teams eight through 14 are all five and eight. So if the Colts go and win on Saturday and for some reason all those teams lose, the Colts would start next week with the 14th overall pick that is not to be like too dramatic, but that's kind of catastrophic almost to your draft position. Um, that would change things big time and what you'd have to trade up and what that could look like. So um, again, it's a harsh reality of where you're at right now, but if you care about the future, um, particularly at the quarterback position, you don't want this team to win games down the stretch.
2: But it's here's the thing about the quarterback spot is there really a difference between drafting 7th and drafting 20th? Oh, I would say huge. Massive, particularly in trade value. But, but I'm talking about for a quarterback.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you want to trade up, I mean, you you are mortgaging massive chunks of the future to move up from 20 to 5 than you would from 7 to 5.
2: And I get that. That's fair. And I guess if you're if you're talking about the possibility of trading, yes but I'm just saying in general. I mean, I'm with you. Don't get me wrong. I don't see anything to be gained by winning two more and finishing out, you know, 6-10-1, uh, uh,
3: okay? Minnesota is a team that has really struggled, and we'll talk a little bit more with Matt Taylor about this coming up, uh, but really struggled defensively. Uh, they are the worst passing defense in the NFL. Um, it's just kind of odd to say this about a 10-3 and three football team. Worst passing defense in the NFL. Their run game has been the worst in the NFL over the last month and a half. Dalvin Cook has done really nothing over the past month and a half, um, and they are the first team ever to be ten and three and have a negative point differential. Yeah, because they've won a bunch of games, in nine and zero in one I... possession games. But I think it's a I think it's a tremendous skill group. I mean Justin Jefferson, again arguably the best player in the NFL. T.J. Hawkinson's a great tight end. You know when their offensive line, who that group is getting a couple guys back for Saturday. Um, do when do you like Kirk Cousins
2: as a quarterback? I guess that they
3: just put no. They put the I mean on. I don't know. he's fine, but not, not to season, but lead my team anywhere in January. Uh,
2: I think of Kirk, he's like a Honda Accord, right?
1: I'm
2: like perfectly I've got a sufficient. Cynic. He's, I like Civics, too. Civics are nice, but he's a little bit nicer than a Civic, right? He's not an accurate legend, but he's he's like perfectly sufficient, right? A nice sedan, a little bit of roomy. He's okay.
3: But is he getting you deep in January?
2: I mean, I don't know that he, he's winning you games, but he's not losing you games, is he? If that makes sense. Like, I don't see Kirk Cousins as the quarterback that... The, no, watch. I'm going to be proven wrong on Sunday. But are, are the Colts going to win Sunday because Kirk Cousins throws two timely picks?
3: You know, from a passing off at they had a huge game last week. They were over four. Cousins threw for over 400. Justin Jefferson had a franchise record last week, 223 through the air. Um, yeah, I, I'm just again. I'm surprised that it's three and a half. I do think if there's an area the Colts can have a big advantage, it is stopping that Minnesota run. You know, we brought it up a little bit with Ross Tucker yesterday, who is uh calling the game for Westwood one. You know, the Colts defensive tackle group in particular, Grover Stewart DeForest Buckner, uh, they should be kinda looking their chops with how poor Minnesota's run defense has been or run offense has been here in recent weeks. But I just think with a banged up cornerback group, they move Jefferson all around unless you put Gilmore on him. I just see Jefferson having a huge day. You know what I just, I just thought of right now, Kevin? And
2: this is the kind of, you know, I don't know if you ever thank yourself for the fact that you've got access to this kind of neuroticism sitting right next to you. But um, if you look at the Colts defense, can you name for me, please, the, let's say the six, the six best players on the Colts defense right now, at least on their line. Let's go with their line. You got DeForest Buckner, right? Do they have a sixth best on their defensive line? Good point, Grover Stewart. You got quitty Pay, okay? Um, if you, if you go with the linebacker core, you got Zaire Franklin. We well, got throwing Gakway, okay? That's fine. Uh, and by the way, you need Ngakwe, right? Now, so here's the thing: is this is this? The largest collection deep that you can go of people on a unit, where every single one of them has a first name that they're the only person you've ever heard of with that first name. You ever think about that? Do you know of
3: another DeForest? Wasn't Grover a president?
2: Ooh, good point. And Grover the Grover, obviously the the monster as well. Grover Cleveland, yes. Uh, Grover. And Grover Cleveland Alexander. So there are a couple of Grovers. Good point. But Quitty? Zaire, Unique. That's a. That's a. There's got to be a nickname for this, right? Like you had the Killer Bees with the Dolphins. You had the No Name Defense at one time. Like I mean, this has got to be like you. Br- you bringing Gakway back? You know his name is Unique, literally and figuratively. I think he's been okay, don't you? I mean, probably. Here's the thing about Unique Ngakwe. There were expectations about him coming in probably of more than what he realistically was. But if you've got players around him, depending on what you're paying him, I think he's been
4: <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> we can't get away from this thing. Mark is pointing to the screen where they're showing videos of the Duke's Shane Mayo Beamer d- Shane Beamer right
2: there getting dows and uh, it's just horrific. Just horrific.
4: Um, But I think he's been okay. smell like an egg salad sandwich, but it it really,
3: really works. (laughs) You know, a guy on pace for double-digit sacks, Jake, is it kind of a slap in the face just to call that okay? I mean, the Colts would dream, have dreamed for double-digit sacks off the edge in recent years. Yeah, I just, I think that when he came here, it was like, holy cow, what a, you know. Because yeah, the Colts I, haven't had right what he gives you. Again, the, the sacks haven't been the most impactful, but I think when you look at the list of free agents this season, the fact that he has been available and, again, is produced to that level, um, that free agent candidacy, and, of course, is Gus Bradley going to be here and all of those things, uh, that's going to play a huge part in it. But the fact that Ngakwe suits up every week and is going to end the year with double-digit sacks... McCoy, think? I think everybody would have signed up for that at the start of the year. He probably is. You're right. I mean, he's their leading man. The fact,
2: though, Say that again? the fact that they have two players on their roster, two, with more than five sacks, only two, I, that seems low, doesn't
3: it? And again, just the consistent rush, particularly late in games, has not been there at all for them. Um, facing Minnesota, they will see a couple of pretty good edge rushers in Zedarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. Uh, but Braden Smith will be back in the lineup. Of course, you did not have Braden Smith for that Dallas game. He will be back in the lineup, so that'll be an important one to have. Uh, you care at all about the World Cup on Sunday? I will watch
2: it. I mean, I'll flip through to see what's going on. Do I care? And, yeah. I You know... I don't necessarily want to open this door because people... There's just no win here because it's a very polarizing subject. But but Kevin, I can't lie to you about the fact that... The the fact that the World Cup was in a nation that has so much scandal around it for so many different levels kind of soured me to it as the games went on. Mm -hmm. And I know that people can come after me all they want for that. I... I apologize for it it's just kind of the reality I enjoy I, I do enjoy it I enjoy any competition where that's going on and there's sports on all the time it's cool I, I know what it, but you know even in knowing that like a lot of the fans in the stands are not actually fans but they're like getting paid by the government there to, to wear the outfits and dress like the fan it just a lot of it feels very posed for me so you found yourself turning away because of that not turning away, just not not tuning in. You know what I mean. I mean, not not like in protest. I just it just kind of was like, eh, okay. It, you know, it kind of felt like this is a really bad comparison. I it felt like when the NCAA tournament, and it was fabulous the way the the job that the NCAA did, and the television and the venues here in Indianapolis. I mean, it really they really did a heck of a job. But it still just felt different watching the NCAA tournament games in all of the different venues here it just wasn't the same as the tournament it wasn't the same as watching today you know, let's go to Greensboro let's go to such and such look at the pack stands and the you know the bands and everything else it was just different and I just feel like for this tournament it was a little bit different
3: yeah Fitch this is someone we talked about earlier the thoughts and D'Amico Ryan as a Colts next head coach he would be on my very short list he'd probably be a top that short list I know it doesn't necessarily check the offensive side of the ball but what he's done with that defense the young kind of ceo leader type um he would be a name that i'd be looking heavily heavily into uh this
2: from my friend Lori, who's a school teacher about 20 years ago at my school we had a lice epidemic all of the staff members would go home and put mayonnaise in our hair because apparently that kills lice if you have any smells absolutely disgusting but my hair was super soft
4: I no, can imagine what no. it smelled like. You
3: just got to shave it off at that point. I smell like an egg salad sandwich, but it really, really works. You can't do that. You just can't. Uh, okay. uh, Tony, want to talk to Force
4: Buckner, Mark? It's something like that. Yeah, his phone was kind of cutting out, so I couldn't get it all. So, Tony, go ahead. What's up, Tony?
1: Hey, guys. Jake, don't apologize for your feelings, man. It's why some of us hate on the live golfers. It's kind of dirty money, man. but uh no guys i'm in between your ages are neither of you trekkies for an easy deforest
2: (laughs) no no are we are either of us say that again star trek fans man deforest kelly bones now funniest guy on the show now hang in hang on here have you been to riverside iowa i have not you need to are you a star trek fan Heck yeah. Okay, I'm oh. not a school, not anything new anymore. Sounds not a, like a diehard. I am not in any way, shape, or form a Star Trek fan. I don't have anything against it. It just did in my wheelhouse. But Riverside, Iowa, small town, nothing going for it. Late 80s, the mayor <laughs> says, you know what? Captain Kirk and Star Trek claims in the future that he was born in the state of Iowa, so they wrote to Warner Brothers or whoever and declared Riverside, Iowa, the future birthplace of Captain Kirk, and the entire town is decked
3: wow. out in Star Trek stuff. Literally, exactly. they have a Star I knew Trek I Iowa, bro, but you
1: guys have a good weekend. Go Colts.
3: All right. Thanks, Tony. Tony used to go there. He sounds like a diehard. I'm telling you, the
2: whole town. Yeah. Starship Enterprise everywhere. William Shatner goes there for a festival every summer. It's unbelievable.
3: Yeah, th- this week I think kind of sums up the Ngakwe season. I've watched Yannick for the past few years. He puts up stats, but after watching them weekly, they just don't seem to be the most impactful sacks at key times in the game. I guess we got spoiled a bit with Mathis and Freeney. I just think the consistent rushes. Like To me, it's not necessarily, okay, if you end the game with one sack, I would probably rather take th- – four quarterback pressures than one sack during a game. Because if those four quarterback pressures lead to, you know, three incompletions or potentially that pressure leads to a turnover of an Aaron pass or something like that, uh, that's where I feel like the Ngakwe part is missing a bit. But again, having said that, he still suits up every week and he's going to get you double-digit sacks. And I think about all the swings and misses Chris Ballard's had with edge rushers in his draft history. You would have dreamed for that from, and again, injuries have played what's into the, some of these guys, but Taekwon Lewis and Kamoko Ture and Ben Banagoo and Terrell Basham, I mean, those guys never sniffed. How, how about Dio? I mean, like, what's the, Dio's still what's little the young. shelf life on Dio? I mean, yeah, I think he's still young. I mean, it, it's year two, he came off of torn Achilles, so I think it's still early to group him into the others, but Basham, Banagoo, Lewis, Ture... I mean, they all have played out their rookie contracts. I think it's fine to go there with them.
2: Mark, is soft hair important enough to you that
4: you'd be willing to smell like an egg salad sandwich? No, <laughs> my hair is getting a little thin. So if I did hair restoration or something, I'd be all. For oh, it. the PAI folk. Oh yeah, call John. Yeah, you seen JMV and Rick Demoling speak highly of it? I know. I need to get on that. They're they? great people. If they said, "Hey, Mayo works," I'm going to Costco and stop. Live up on Duke's. Mark, no, you can't what? do that. You can't. We can do <laughs> a show bit for it. you imagine your daughters? My imagine my daughters, what, with mayo in their hair? Watching their father put mayo in, in his hair. Trust me. They're my kids. <laughs> they're going to see me do a lot worse. Oh, you know um, you know that comedian, that Jeff Dunham? Oh, yeah. The, the ventriloquist fellow? overrated, yeah. What's that? What? You said Smashing Pumpkins was overrated. Uh, that Jeff Dunham, I had a friend that was on the
2: Jay Leno show, and he was on the same night as Jeff Dunham. Mm-hmm and he said they were backstage in the green room and Jeff Dunham he he didn't recognize Jeff Dunham and then like an hour before Jeff Dunham went on some guy came out with a can of like spray paint and spray painted his hair on and the whole thing is is fake didn't
4: Carlos Boozer do that? yeah Carlos Boozer looked like he had shoe polish at one point looked like it was kind of just
3: sharpie yeah very uh, direct, li- very nice lines. <laughs> yeah. though, on that, the like, Carlos Boozer hair was a good. Right angles with a lot of. Is those there lines. any
2: player, by the way, who had a faster ascent and then faster decline than Carlos Boozer? Remember, like one year he was he was a max contract guy, and then boom, it was over. It was like, what happened? And I, there was talk. Carlos Boozer was in that. He cashed in in that free agency class with LeBron and everybody yep. else.
4: He was the like the consolation prize. Correct, and he made a boatload of money, and then that was it. That's did what Dansby Swanson's
3: about to be with baseball? He's like the fourth best shortstop, and he's going to get like two hundred million dollars. Did want to mention this? Uh, guest we've had on the show before, Brian Newbert from Golden Black announced yesterday that um, he has another brain tumor and is going to go on a. Um, Take a leave of absence I believe this is Second or third time He's had to have Surgery on this So I know Brian Announced that yesterday So thinking about uh, Brian His family And um, Certainly the doctors And that Hopefully everything Will be as smooth of a process as it can be
2: really nice guy for him and a solid professional which are two great things to have said about you and but take a complete back shelf of course to wanting him simply to be healthy so we, we absolutely hope the best for brian
3: who does a great job uh, greg gregshaw joins us next here kevin Corey.
5: life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kesemta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about kisimta and check out the details at kisimta.com Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
3: Got a load of guests lined up here in the next hour. Again, Thad Matiga to join us at 9 o'clock. Big, big, big East opener for the Bulldogs coming up on Saturday night, hosting undefeated UConn, but we'll begin like we do every Friday at 8 a.m. He is Greg Rakestraw from ISC Sports Network, and of course, he'll be in these studios, or in the studio tomorrow, uh, for the Colts postgame show, 1 o'clock kick, Colts and Vikings. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Rake Sunday morning, we've got Argentina, France. I would think from a TV rating standpoint, this has got to be pretty close to kind of a dream matchup there with storylines for each country and the star players as well.
0: And I would say pretty close to, you know, having the favorites there as you were going to possibly have, you know, a lot of folks maybe thought it was going to be France and Brazil. So Argentina would be the next best thing. And obviously you got the story of, you know, can Lionel Messi and what's his final world cup? He hasn't announced it, but again, Father time catches up with everybody. It's going to be his last go around. Um, you know, can, can, it's the only thing missing in his career. You know, can he deliver a World Cup championship back to Argentina for the first time since 1986, or can France be the first team to go back-to-back in some 60 years in the World Cup? So, it is not a World Cup final that is bereft of storylines, to put it that way.
2: Greg, in terms of Messi, listen, I think all of us know of his name, certainly, and those of us that are not regular soccer enthusiasts and viewers, I mean, I know absolutely uh, of Messi, but... Uh, you know, safe to say that that he is in the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Joe Montana discussion of all time. So, I, I mean, he's what top five all time? Yes, and, and, and I, again,
0: is he ever going to be as as legendary as as, as Pelé? Probably not. Uh, he would be right behind that in the Diego Maradona, uh, Johan Croft, you know, you know, player, players like that. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned the Brady Manning. Cause that is the most obvious comparison with he and Cristiano Ronaldo. It is the most direct corollary of saying those two guys clearly the best players of their generation and have been for the last 15 to 20 years. Um, again, because of the clubs he has played for and the numbers that he has put up, there is no doubting his greatness as one of the best to ever play. And the era is so different in now that so much of the Talent is concentrated from a you know professional standpoint in Europe, and obviously Messi has played at the highest level there too. So again, this this is this is just checking off the last box if they win, having won a World Cup for Argentina.
3: Again, ten AM on Sunday. That'll be Argentina and France for the World Cup. Greg Rakestraw is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rake, at this time of year when the Colts are four eight and one, a lot of the topics are big picture. Um, So I'll throw one at you. Um, Come September 2023, do you think it's, I guess, kind of rank in order, the most likely to be in their current roles? Chris Ballard, Jeff Saturday, Matt Ryan.
0: It may not be any of the three, uh, you know, to to be blunt about it. Um, I think a lot of that is still up for debate and up for discussion. Could Jeff be the head coach? Perhaps. Does Jeff want to be the head coach full-time? He talked about that last, you know, this week, that, that yeah, he, he's kind of gotten this bug. I still don't know if maybe that's exactly where Jim Irsay sees him in the organization. I don't know what Chris Ballard's status is at this point. I think we've seen enough for Matt Ryan where you can say, hey, you're, you're probably going a different direction in a younger direction at quarterback next year. So uh, if you had to ask me, you know what's the most likely permutation i'd probably say all those spots could be new by the time we get to next year
2: greg it feels to me like the colts are just right now on the cusp of just starting all over but yep. at the same time i wonder if they if they aren't just a few tweaks away from being right in the thick of it which way do you see it
0: that's that you you can be in that overlap of both things just because, again, I, th- I think they've got to go a different direction at quarterback. They clearly have to get some reinforcements along the offensive line. Playmaker at wide receiver would be nice, but defensively, you're going to see most of the pieces back intact next year. You've got a player like Jonathan Taylor. I like what Michael Pittman Jr. is, you know, from a wide receiver standpoint. So you can, frankly, be both. And it's not like now, when you go young at quarterback, that you can't win and win immediately. So, I think both those statements that you made can be true. This is the closest the Colts have been to a rebuild since the 2012 season. In that season, the Colts won 11 games and were a playoff team. And so... Again, I think both those statements can be factual about this football team.
3: Again, Greg Rankshaw is with us here, ISC Sports Network. And Greg, this is a college football issue, but because they're in our backyard and the announcement was yesterday, um, there's some relevance here with Purdue and their bull opt-outs. Again, no Aiden O'Connell, no Charlie Jones, no Payne Durham. I believe Corey Trice, uh, one of their cornerbacks, opted out as well. If you were to look at like early draft projections, I mean, Maybe O'Connell cracks the day too, but I don't think we're expecting any, any of these guys to be top 40, top 50 picks. Is there anything college football can do to try and get these guys to play in bowl games because it's turning into just kind of glorified spring game and not the, hey, we're playing the SEC team in a January Florida bowl game. I really want to be out there. Uh, that's not happening.
0: Put it in their NIL contracts. That would be the way to fix that. Greg, I think that's, I
2: mean, and I realize you're saying that. People are going to think you're saying that facetiously. You're being serious, and I think that's where it's headed, right?
3: But don't you get finicky there with, like, health situations with some of these guys? And obviously, Aiden O'Connell's had a lot of stuff off the field, so I don't necessarily want to slot him in there. But, you know, can't you see these guys being like, well, I've played through some injuries. My agent says I shouldn't play.
0: Yep, I put it in the NIL contract. It, 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 I mean, it, it's as simple as that. Um, now that these guys are leaning a lot more toward empl- employees officially, uh, that's exactly how I have to do it. And that seems cold and that seems callous. Um, but but that's the one remedy you have left. Listen, I, I understand where these guys are coming from. I get it. I'm not sure I like it. I don't have a great logical ground to argue that they're not doing the right thing. To me, there and, and I understand the difference in you're playing in the college football playoff and you're not. If you're not, it is an exhibition. There is something to be said, though. You know, you're not playing in the Weed Eater Bowl. You're playing on a New Year's Day bowl game, uh, and and so again, I again I understand it. I just don't like it. Uh, and and you cited the draft stock of those guys. I would probably put Payne Durham a little higher. In terms of everybody else in that group, these are guys that I think are going to get a look at the NFL team. I'm not exactly sure what the likelihood of them being on, say, an active you know, opening day roster is going to be next year. So part of that's like, you know, really? Um, but, again, don't like it. Not sure it can be fixed. But if there is a way to fix it, now that paying players is above board, put it in the contract where, hey, you have to play in a bowl game or be medically excused from playing in a bowl game to receive a certain percentage of that money.
2: Greg, I think the thing that makes, and, and I want to make this clear for people, at least from my standpoint, you guys feel free to chime in if you agree or disagree, but I, I think there are people out there who hear if there's hesitation about NIL, the name, image, likeness payment for players, that that means that that we, or in this case me, whoever it might be, have some sort of opposition to people getting what they're entitled to. It's not that. It's the fact that, I'm all for it. It's the fact that, A, it's just really hard to monitor what a player's value is when they have yet to play in a college game. So if there's such a chasm between the high school game and the college game. You don't know whether you're signing Christian Lander or whether you're signing Christian Leitner. You just don't know what the value is going to be towards what they're bringing to your program. And so as a result of that, determining the value ahead of time is hard to do. And then also, even though it's the way the real world works, I realize that. You know, how do you have one kid that's making $500,000 on a team with a starter that's getting two free pizzas a week? Uh, you know, it's it's just the wild, wild west, and I think that the, that having a hesitation towards grasping it and understanding it doesn't mean we're opposed to it. Now, that's where I'm coming from, Greg. Is that a fair statement on your, your thought process? Correct. And, again, I, I, I agree that those guys
0: should be getting something – I also, I am for a system that rewards those players without crippling everybody else's opportunity. Right, that's fair. Uh, because that has been, because I, I know that what the revenues generated by those football programs, by those basketball programs, and by the tournaments from a men's basketball standpoint, that funding mechanism is what funds every other championship at the Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three level. That was always my concern with you know funding players or, or or paying players was that it would do something to to disrupt everything else because the men's basketball tournament carries the freight for so much of what the NCAA does. If name, image, and likeness provides a way to get more cash in, in players' pockets legally and still allows the rest of the system to function, then that is something that I am for. In terms of the differences in what player A versus player B is going to get, welcome to you know the free market economy. That everybody is an entrepreneur and their own business at this point. It's just the way the system is set up. And again, I'm not sure there is a, I'm not sure it's great. It's really not perfect. If you've got a better way to do it, I'm all ears. Let me know.
3: Rick, I know you've been a busy man these past couple weekends on the high school basketball front. Um, I, this is maybe a bit of a selfish question, considering where he's going to college next year. But could we be looking at a potential Mr. Basketball from the city of South Bend this season? We oh, could be. Uh,
0: in terms of Marcus Burton, you know, I, I went into the season thinking Xavier Booker was the clear favorite, uh, and and still, because of his national recruiting level and the fact that he's playing at Michigan State. Um, You know, it's still potentially his to lose, but in these two showcase events the last two Saturdays, he's not been great, he's been largely quiet offensively. At the same time, when Burton has a statewide stage with the Forum Tip-Off Classic, his team gets down 21-to-1. He leads them back. He scores 37 of their 57 uh, in a win against a good Zionsville team. Down 21-to-1? 21-to-1. Al Rhodes called three timeouts in the first five and a half minutes and Penn still won the game. Um, Penn will play in the Hall of Fame Classic. We'll have that on ISC coming up uh, on December 30th, so two weeks from today, and then it will be what he can do in the month of March. So, again, I thought Xavier Booker was the favorite going in. He is still one of the favorites. I think he's left the door open, and what Burton can do offensively, he's in the conversation. I think Miles Colvin, to a lesser degree, is in the conversation again, because he's going to go to Purdue because he's an outstanding talent playing at Heritage Christian, hurts those chances a little bit. Uh, And if Ben Davis keeps doing what they're doing, probably Zane Dowdy needs to be in the conversation just because he's going to probably end up averaging about 15 to 18 points a game, 12 to 13 rebounds a game. And if he does that on the number one team in the state, Then he merits, you know, being in the conversation,
6: too.
3: Rick, I did want to mention this um, for those that might have missed it. Just an unbelievable anecdote. I was hoping to chat with you about this over at the Colts Complex the other day. Uh, But you had earlier in the week that Mike Leach actually interviewed for the University of Indianapolis head coach position in 94, 95, something like that.
0: That is correct. So the job has only opened up three times since like 1970. So the the coaching lineage at Unity, Bill Bless's first year was 1969. Joe Polizzi got the job in 1994. Bob Bartolomeo took over 2010, 2011, one of those two. Chris Kievers then has had the job uh, for each of the last three seasons. So when the job opened up in the spring of 94, I was not yet on campus. I was a senior in high school. I got to town in August of 94. Apparently Mike Leach, who at the time was working for Hal Mummy at Valdosta State at the Division II level, interviewed for the job. I had no idea about this until about two or three years ago when a friend of mine who was a couple of years ahead of me shared that information with me. So a handful of players met with Mike, you know, as they were doing on-campus interviews and visits and things like that, Mike didn't get the job. Now, let me say this. The person that got the job is a dear friend of mine and Joe Polizzi and did a very good job at UND, got them to eight wins by year number four in competing for a conference championship after UND before Joe had gotten there and had a streak of one or two win seasons and went on a five-year stretch and didn't win a road game from 1990 to 1995. So the job that Joe did was really good. 15 plus years it is a it is a might have been that mike leach could have part of his story could have been coaching here in the city of indianapolis as i'm not sure if he was a finalist for the job but he at least had an on-campus interview for the job as part of the process in the spring of 1994
2: you almost wonder greg if that was his first venture into trying to get a head coaching position Right? Could have been, because I, I, I can rattle off some of the different places that he has been. Oh, yeah, like, oh, okay, I mean, he's been some big
3: places. Because they went to right. Kentucky, right? Mummy, like, that that Mummy, staff.
0: Mummy went, 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 went from Valdosta State to Kentucky, right. and Mike went with him to Kentucky. I believe that is the uh, flow chart in the late 90s.
3: Gosh, crazy. Crazy what could have been. Jake, got anything else for him? Greg, okay. here's a... I've always... Around that
2: time, you tell me, when did when did Indiana Central become U Indy?
6: eighty five,
2: eighty six in, okay, in that so window. A little earlier than that. Okay.
3: Is UND ever yeah. gonna go D one, Rake?
0: Uh, as of now, no. Uh, that was tabled. Um they have, you know, an interim president because of Rob Manuel, the previous president I was a big fan of, let's take the DePaul job. They're currently on an interim A D. Probably not the time to go the division one route when you have no current president and and an interim athletic director. So they have tabled that discussion for now. My best guess would be is that once that president and AD are both in place in the summer, then those discussions start up again, or it's a big part of the interview process. So as of now, they're staying division two, I don't think that's a done deal by any stretch. Imagine.
2: And, and the thought process being that if they had gone Division One in basketball, men's basketball, they would go into the Ohio Valley. Um, Stan Girard, though, speaking of the Ohio Valley at Southern Indiana, I know there's, you know, there might be some folks around here who have kids or themselves went to USI, but is Stan, the longtime UND coach, I think he's doing a pretty good job down there, Rake. Doing a fantastic job, and again, they have the facility.
0: Um, they have the pedigree they will go to that league and be successful immediately now. They have to go through a four-year transition cycle where they're not playing in the NCAA tournament. But if you've never seen their on-campus arena, it's gorgeous that seats 5,000. Stan can really coach. um, And they are located in the absolute heart of the Ohio Valley Conference. They probably have less of a travel budget being in the Ohio Valley than they did being in the Great Lakes Valley Conference. So... I'm not surprised that they are going to Division one and having immediate success. Dan will do great things down there at, U- at USI.
3: It is the unusual Saturday kick for the Colts, which means Greg Rakstraw will be spending his afternoon fielding some Colts calls on the post-game show coming up again, 1 o'clock, Colts and Vikings, tomorrow afternoon. Ray, thank you, my man. See you guys. That's Greg Rakestraw right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline with Thad Mata at 9 o'clock today. We'll bump Matt Taylor up to 8.30. Kind of stick with our normal Friday routine of having Greg Rakestraw and Matt Taylor join us. But again, Thad Mata coming up at 9 o'clock. Let's do a morning check down.
0: The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at BallStateSports.com on 93.5 and 107.5 The
2: Fan. Speaking of Ball State Sports, they're taking on Illinois State, 3.30 in the afternoon. That kicks off the Indy Classic tomorrow at gamebridge Fieldhouse. After that, Purdue and Davidson at 6.15. Of course, by the time that first game between Ball State and Illinois State tips off, we likely will know the winner between IUPUI and Eastern Illinois and Indiana at Kansas. Both those games tipping off at noon. And then UConn and Butler, 7 o'clock on Saturday night. That game. The
3: As Jake said, it is number one Purdue in the inaugural Indy Classic. The Battle of the Lawyer Brothers. Foster lawyer for Davidson. Of course, Fletcher lawyer lawyer for Purdue. That's part of why this matchup uh, came to fruition. Here was Matt Painter yesterday on the new indie classic.
4: Well, for us, obviously, we like to continue to play in Indianapolis, but there's a lot of other events kind of looming, so we're um, just kind of waiting to, to see, obviously, where the Gavick Games goes. Obviously, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We got to be able to pick up on something if we don't play in Indianapolis again, and obviously, pick up on another home and home or. Uh,
2: event like the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which would obviously not be conference-wide, but uh, trying to get quality opponents. If you look at good schedules, you know, you're looking at people that are playing five to six non-conference games that are NCAA tournament teams, high major teams, and if you can hang in there and especially your other teams not play people in the 250s and below, 225s and below, you're really going to
7: help yourself, especially with the strength of schedule within our conference.
3: So again, that'll be around 6.15 tomorrow, Purdue and Davidson. Tonight, the Pacers up in Cleveland. It's a 7.30 tip against the Cavs. Mentioned this earlier, the Pacers have yet to play any of the top three teams in the East. That would be Boston, Milwaukee, and Cleveland. Uh, The Cavs are favored by 7.5 in this one. Uh,
2: In the association last night, it was Heat over the Rockets, 111-108. Memphis over Milwaukee, 142-101. Utah and Phoenix also getting wins last night. Again, as Kevin had mentioned, Pacers-Cavs tonight. And then back at the Fieldhouse, they'll take on the Knicks on Sunday.
3: Also last night, Thursday night football, the 49ers continue to be the hottest team in the NFL. That is now seven straight for them. It is darn impressive what they're doing on a third-string quarterback in Brock Purdy without Debo Samuel, arguably their best player. uh, 21-30. Thirteen winners last night. They clinched the NFC West, so they will get at least one home game in the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey, 138 total yards. George Kittle with a couple of touchdowns, and as I've said throughout the show, D'Amico Ryan's, their defensive coordinator, needs to be on the Colts head coaching candidate list. Do you
2: think Brock Purdy's favorite movie is Deliverance?
4: I just got to thinking about that. I don't what? What? <laughs> there are people my age. I mean, I get the reference. Though. In my
1: opinion, that yeah,
3: sucks. Kind of waiting for that. I didn't know if Mark had the button that, stuck that's, or rolled. That's what the word you had to there. go with there, Mark. Come on, man. Seahawks have lost four of five. More egg salad sandwich?
4: You want that one?
2: Yeah. Can we get that instead? No. What uh, we learned earlier is that some fella on a show puts mayonnaise in his hair. We learned that earlier on the program, right? Somebody tweeted me, <laughs> though,
4: and they said if 2004 Jennifer Aniston told you on the set of the breakup to put mayo in your hair, you damn well would have done said, Yeah. <laughs> what would you be saying, saying right now? if Jennifer Aniston had told you to do that. I smell like an egg salad sandwich,
3: but it really, really
4: works. Hell yeah, I would smell like an egg salad
3: sandwich. Would she feel that way? I don't know. If she asked me to do it, I'd do it. Uh, Colts final injury report of the week. No Kenny Moore, no Mike Strawn. Um, Those two are out for tomorrow. Sounds like Brandon Faison. Another corner is unlikely to play. He's been out due to illness all week. So the Justin Jefferson matchup. A lot of Stephon Gilmore, a lot of Isaiah Rodgers, maybe some Tony Brown. Um, we'll see how that goes. But again, it's the spread still hovering right around three and a half, four points for the Vikings over the Colts. Again, one o'clock kick, NFL Network, and locally on Fox 59.
4: More?
3: More? We got bowl season starting, Mark. Oh, okay. Bowl season underway today. Nothing like your 11.30 a.m. kick from the Bahamas Bowl. Any guesses to who's playing in that game? The Bahamas Bowl. You said yes. Uh, it, yeah, I mean
2: Boise State and Akron.
3: We've got Miami Ohio and UAB kicking off at eleven thirty a.m. Again, we got a ranked matchup in the Cure Bowl. That is Texas San Antonio, the Roadrunners, taking on Troy. A couple Maybe. eleven and two teams. In that matchup. Again, tomorrow is the awkward Fenway bowl. Cincinnati Louisville. They both Is that what it's called? The awkward Fenway bowl. <laughs> they both by <laughs> <watching my> Awkward <laughs> Stand on the same sideline and then Scott Scatterfield went from Louisville to Cincinnati. Yeah, did you see that sky shot of what the field looks like? It's weird, it right? It's pretty wild. Yeah. Well, wasn't it? Didn't they do the? Uh, well, the, they played games at Wrigley, and of course they
4: did. But then they had to go to like one one field goal post. They were going in the good. same direction. Correct. Yeah. They all they had to go yeah. in the same yeah.
3: direction. Right. All right. Bring it past the mid line. Make it. Take Absolutely.
4: it. Which is weird because the Bears played there for years
3: and they figured it out. So why they couldn't figure it out, I don't know. Maybe the Bears weren't finding the end zone very often. Okay.
4: It's time for break.
3: <laughs> we have six bowl games tomorrow for those that have interest. It took them thirty eight years at Bears home game before they're like, wait a minute.
2: What happens if both teams score? When we get to this end part. What does that do? <laughs>
5: Matt Taylor. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kisimta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta And check out the details at kisimta.com Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
3: Points. Voice of the Colts joins us next. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, joins us right now. It's kind of a different Friday for Maytay than usual. The Colts are board a plane a little bit later today for Minneapolis, and it's a one o'clock kick tomorrow. Uh, Matt, I don't know. Maybe this is kind of the state of the season at four eight and one, but I think some fans would maybe find interest in this. What is like the Matt Taylor schedule look like from when you land in Minneapolis to the one o'clock kick? <laughs>
1: Um, I don't know how many people are going to be involved in this or interested in this, but um, you know, I'm, I pretty lay low on the road. Um, The road actually gives me more time to just sort of be alone and, and go over more notes and and more game prep because you have a quiet hotel room rather than a household full of chaotic kids with a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So I, I fully take advantage of that where I, you know, pour over the notes again um, the night before and get a good night's rest and then get to the stadium. We'll probably get to the stadium tomorrow. It's a it's a noon kickoff with it being in the central time zone, so we'll probably get to the stadium about 8.30 or 9. And then um, then it's just, again, going over notes again and reading and, and organizing last-minute minute things. And I tell you what, 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 what's really an underrated thing for me to do is – you know, I'll, I'll watch film and I'll watch you know game tape of whoever we're playing, and I'm obviously watching to see you know like what they're running and and you know get a good idea of. I'm not really tracking like tendencies or formations and things like that, but from a play by play standpoint, I'm just looking to see what guys look like in their uniform. You know, I want to see you know how they stand out. Does a guy have long hair? Does he have you know? Does he wear a a weird style cleat, you know, just things that help me identify players in the game and they catch the ball or make a tackle. And then one of the things I'll do before the game is I watch warm-ups pretty intently for the same reasons. I just want to see what guys look like, how they move, you know, how how they're being used or where they're lining up, things like that. Just any, any advantage I can get to identify players quicker and faster for the overall good of the broadcast.
3: So what you're saying is you're not closing down Mall of America tonight? I will not. I will not be at the okay. Mall of America. May, you know,
1: I mean, I might stop over there for a bite to eat because the last time we played there, Kevin, I think you were on that trip. Oh with us. my I mean, gosh, it was, like, it was it was like frightening cold degrees. Yeah, I mean, thank God the mall was connected to the hotel because I didn't want to go outside because it physically hurt to be outside because of how cold it was.
3: And I really like that stadium. I, I think it's one of the more underrated atmospheres in the league.
1: I agree. We were there
3: last year. I think I told the story to John earlier this
1: week. We were there last year in the preseason, and I think it was their first home preseason game, and obviously it was the first you know chance they had to have fans uh, at the stadium post-COVID. Um, it was a Saturday night game, so I think all of that combined made it for a really, really raucous crowd. It was loud in there. They they turned the the PA system up really loud. They've got that skull chant or the the Viking horn that they play after big plays and or third downs or whatever. But yeah, it's it's a really cool stadium. You know, both from a you know technology standpoint, you know, from an innovation perspective, but also the the crowd there, you know, they're 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 a good fan base. They love their Vikings and. Uh, you know, they're trying to bring home a division championship tomorrow. You know, Matt, if you look at the
2: Vikings, so Minnesota comes in 10-3. and 3. Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, our guest on the Payless Lakers Hotline. But two of their three losses have come here in their last four games. The thing about Minnesota, Matt, this team this year this season's minnesota vikings are more representative of perhaps any team we've seen of just how fickle the nfl can be depending on which way the ball bounces and that's not to take anything away from them but if you look at their 10 wins man they're not blowing people out i mean they just are are able to hang around and then make plays in the end when they have to Mm -hmm. Um, but it does feel like if Indianapolis is going to get one, this might be an opportunity for them because, yes, Minnesota's good. I, I don't know that they're great.
1: Am I wrong? Yeah. No, I, I think that's exactly right. I, I think I think another way to phrase it would be it, it's just a very winnable game despite they, them having a, a very elite-type record. I mean, if, if the playoffs started today, you know, they would be the two-seed in the NFC. Um And I think all of those reasons make it a winnable game. You know, I talked with Jeff Saturday about that. You know, yesterday for our for our pregame show visit, I I brought up the same situation to him. It's like, how do you look at this team? Because it's hard to win in this league. I mean, you can't take ten wins away from this team because it's really difficult to win in the National Football League because of all the parity and every team has great players. But at the end of the day, you know, you look at it and you say, are they good or are they? Fortunate to to be you know ten and three because they do have those nine games or those nine wins by by one score they're the first team in NFL history to win their first nine one score games of a season if they have no losses on the year where a game's been decided by one score um, so from that standpoint they are to be commended and celebrated but also at the same time you look at it and you say these guys are incredibly beatable because offensively they've got a lot of firepower and they're making enough plays down the stretch or they're just kind of hanging on but if they do have an Achilles heel what it could potentially be is their defense their defense is just statistically not good I mean they're giving up a lot of yards they're giving up a lot of points and I think one of the things that stands out to you is that you know, when you have a good record but a bad defense, you're like, how can those two things exist in the same sentence, if you will? But it's their takeaways, their, their turnover ability. They have 20 takeaways as a defense. So that's kind of been their saving grace. It's kind of like the Colts last year where they weren't an elite defense, but their, their calling card was their ability to take the football away and make game-changing plays in crunch time. And that's what this Vikings team this year has done. I mean, they've given up over 400 yards on the season on average. They're giving up 400 yards per game in the last five games. That's a dubious franchise record for them. Uh, They're last in the NFL in passing defense. They've allowed five straight quarterbacks to throw for over 300 yards against them. So you look at the defense and and you think, well, wow, they got Daniil Hunter and and you know Zadarius Smith and Eric Kendricks, who's a tackling machine, and you know Cameron Dansler who was a high draft pick a couple of years ago, and then in the back end with Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith, those two guys have combined for 14 Pro Bowls. How are they, you know, this bad on paper? Well, they don't really have a complicated defense. It's it's you know it's not overly complex. Um, they don't blitz a lot, um, so they do give up yards. They do give up points at times. But I think their saving grace has been their ability to take the football away and make those game-changing plays in crunch time, and hence they've hung on to win a lot of one-score games. They have five wins this year by five points or less. So they are to be celebrated for that, but it does make them beatable, and I don't think they're an elite team when you kind of, you know, piece them out, and and really examine how they've gotten here.
2: Matt, do you feel like the Colts' locker room has to avoid at this point getting guys on different pages in terms of the way they're looking at finishing the season, meaning you always have invariably and inevitably when a season has gone awry a little bit. Some guys that are looking to just finish out the year, other guys that want to finish strong because they're not sure what their contract status is, et cetera, et cetera. Is
1: Is there a risk of that for the Colts? I don't think so because I think those two things go hand-in-hand. I mean, guys want to play well for themselves because of, you know, like a guy like Bobby O'Karrake and Paris Campbell and Chase McLaughlin, um, you know, a lot of these free agents-to-be, you know, they have different inspirations to play well. I think they want to play well for their team, but they also know that if they just mail it in and don't show up and play 85%, if you will, uh, these last four games, they're not going to get the contract that they want from the Colts or 31 other teams. I think it was Zaire Franklin this week, who's not a free agent, but he, he he summed it up pretty well. He said, "You know, like next year in the off season, if a coach on another team is watching the Colts and they see a defensive lineman or a linebacker just kind of loafing or not, you know, pursuing the football and they're not busting their ass every single play." There's gonna be no context inside that film room there's no, there's not gonna be anybody saying, well, at this point we were eliminated from the playoffs or we only had four games to go or we were four eight and one No man like that doesn't exist like there's no context to say you know that that's acceptable um, and so I think what people also realize around the NFL is that if you gave up on your team because you were out of the playoff hunt, what's to say you're not gonna give up on my team if I sign you to a free agent deal so I think guys want to play hard for themselves, but they also want to play hard for the team because I, I can I cannot stress enough, and you guys know this. Like there's there's nobody inside that locker room that gives a flying you know what about draft picks and moving up for quarterbacks. They just want to play through their contract. That's what they're here to do. And, you know, this is the National Football League. Nothing's guaranteed, man. Like, just because you're under contract for next year doesn't mean you're going to come back with this team or you're going to be re-signed by another team somewhere else around the NFL with 31 other opportunities. So guys just want to keep capitalizing on this chance to play a kid's game and continue to kind of live out their dreams of being professional football players, no matter what you know the context is around them, you know, within the the narrative of the season.
3: Matt, last one for me. Um, you know, when you look on, on paper, there's a couple of matchups that. Are really intriguing tomorrow, and that potentially would be Justin Jefferson against Stephon Gilmore. But it sounds like the Vikings move Jefferson around a lot. The Colts have not really gone full shadow with a guy like Gilmore, so I'm not maybe holding my breath that we're going to see that like every snap. Obviously, we'll see it at, at different points. The other one, and this is more just from like a draft history standpoint, would be Christian Derisau, their left tackle, who went one pick after Quitty Pay. It was either going to be Dareau or Pay for the Colts, but it seems like Gian we will be opposite Darasau at that left tackle spot. Um, nonetheless, I feel like those are a couple storylines that, you know, if you do get the occasion where Quiddy f- flips sides, I don't think he does that very yeah. often, um, and you do get a couple of Gilmore Jefferson reps, um, that'll be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I don't think it will be exclusively, you know, Gilmore on Jefferson throughout the remainder of the game because of how creative they are with him, moving uh, him around in the formation. And I talked with Jeff Saturday about that this week as well. You know, they, they do a really good job. They're cognizant of making sure that Jefferson can run every route of every play from every position or lining up in, in every part of the formation on every play because they want to get him on different people at different times of the game. And Jeff said, you know, go back going back and watching that Detroit game, when he went for two twenty three, which was a franchise record in that loss, I mean, Detroit did everything that they're supposed to do. They're they're doubling him. They're rolling coverage. They got their best players on him, and he still rolls up two twenty three, and was a you know big reason why they were in that game and and, and fell uh, ultimately. But um, you know he's he's amazing to me. I mean, I, I mean, I know that he is. He yeah, might be he the best in player in the NFL. Of, I mean, he really is. That, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, he's in, only in his third year. And he's already over 1,500 yards this year. He holds the NFL record for receiving yards by a player in their first three years in the league. I mean, that's incredible to me. He's got over 4,500 yards already, and he's not even through three years. I mean, he could break the NFL's all-time receiving um, record for yards in a season this year. I mean, he's, he's on pace to flirt with it, so... He really is incredible. And so, yeah, you're going to see Gilmore on him, but I think with the way that the Vikings use him and they're, you know, again, cognizant of, of where they're lining him up, that you can't afford to have one player. They're going to make sure one player is not going to be lined up on him all game long. And also, too, a storyline with, within that is. You're probably not going to have Brandon facing tomorrow. He's doubtful. Kenny Moore is not going to play. So you're going to have some different pieces in the Colts secondary that's going to have to do a good job of limiting his damage. Um, And then with Quiddy Pay, yeah, that's an interesting storyline, too, because we forget Quiddy, he missed five games this year with that ankle. He's been in and out of the lineup, but he already has a career-high five sacks, and obviously you know you you sort of do the the you wonder what that could be or what the potential there could be for him the remainder of the season if he's fully healthy or what his numbers would be like if he didn't miss those games but i think in a lot of ways this year With quarterback hurries and quarterback pressures, he's really taken a nice step from year one to year number two. And I think we fall into the trap, and I'm guilty of it too, of just looking at the sack numbers and saying, well, he didn't reach double-digit sacks, so therefore it's not a good year from a defensive end edge pressure guy. So um, I think he has had some impactful moments. But uh, he's really kind of looking to come on these last four games and finish out strong. Now that he's healthy, now that he's back in the lineup, he's already having a career year as far as sacks are concerned. Um, I would love to see him lined up on Christian Derisaw to kind of see where he is in terms of development with a guy, as you said, drafted in the first round, one pick after him, um, to see how he's lining up against uh, some of these young defensive ends or, excuse me, uh, offensive tackles that he's going to see you know, for the next, hopefully, seven or eight years in the NFL.
2: Matt Taylor will be on the call along with Joe Wrights. who will be filling in for Rick Venturi, who is uh, nursing back, uh, feeling a little bit better, obviously, but not going to make the trip to Minnesota. So Joe Wrights, Matt Taylor on the call, 1 o'clock tomorrow, again, not on Sunday, Colts and Vikings. Matt, enjoy the trip. Stay warm in Minnesota, all right? Uh, I appreciate you guys. we Will do. Thanks, man. Uh, Thad Mata, the head coach of the Butler Bulldogs, is going to join us just about 10 minutes from now. When we come back real quick as well, uh, Adam Silver.
5: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kisimta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
2: some time in Indianapolis. We'll find out what the NBA commissioner was doing when Danny Lopez of the Pacers joins us next. Kevin Inquiry, 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Good old Andy Williams. Classic right here. I think he's from Iowa. I'm not certain, but I think that's correct.
3: And probably a fitting song for our next topic, right?
2: That is correct, because I was curious. Danny Lopez joins us right now. On the Payless Liquors hotline, he, of course, the vice president of external affairs and corporate communications for the Pacers, and I was curious as to it's not often that the you know the NBA commissioners just hanging out, checking out games. Obviously, he goes around. Adam Silver does to different arenas. Um, but Danny, it was pretty cool to me because I think he took in more than one game did Adam Silver, and then I found out that there was kind of more to a backstory, and I thought, let's find out what's going on here. So, uh, school me, as the kids say, if you could, on what led the NBA brass to be here in Indianapolis over the last week. What's up, guys? Thanks for, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, and I love the lead in music, although I, I would say uh,
7: it's... The only thing I know about Iowa is that their corn sucks. So, that's that's what I've been told. Uh, Blasphemy right there, Danny. (laughs) So, we did have Commissioner Silver here, and it's always good to have him. He loves coming here. You know, Herb is, um, Herb Simon is the... Is the uh, longest tenured owner in the league and so those guys are close and he, you know i was talking to his guys while he was here and he was just saying you know they love love coming here and always get the thrill out of being in this building and it's just a different kind of environment you know he's been coming uh certainly for the last several years and, and one of the reasons he comes is because we do this big toy distribution deal each christmas and it, it really is uh an incredible partnership. It's something that was created because Herb um, has a long-standing friendship with a guy out in California, a guy named Stephen Berman, who is the co-founder and uh, and the president and CEO of Jack's Pacific Toys, which is a publicly traded toy company. And uh, and Stephen, just one year as they were talking with Herb, said, "How do we do something for the kids in Indiana?" Um, and we've got toys that we're willing to distribute if you all have a network of nonprofits that you can work through. And so for the last 13 years, we've been doing that. And it's just, I mean, guys, you know, we we do, and the Colts do, and the 11, do all the teams around here. The Indians certainly do a ton for the community, but this is one where we just love doing it because you get to see the kids' faces up close. And a lot of these kids are kids that, are just not going to get other toys for the holidays. You just know it, and and so it's 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 great for the parents, the families. It's awesome for the kids. We take the alum, alums out to different cities around the state. We did, I think we did twelve hundred miles this year, just driving around distributing toys. Um, and then you know Eddie White gets out, and it, it's just a fun, fun time for everybody. And we celebrate it at, at one of the games of December, and so then the commissioner comes out to celebrate with us.
2: Do you think of Eddie as more Santa or Elf? Yeah,
3: he's a, he's a, he's an elf. an elf. He's a walking mascot. Human mascot. The mascot of <laughs> Indianapolis, Eddie <laughs> White. Right, uh, they um th- this partnership has included some efforts in Ukraine as well. Obviously, more on the on the food front. Am I correct on that? Yeah, so that's what's
7: really cool about it, too, is that and, – and this is all – I mean, so certainly it's it's our team that, that executes it and our team that now at this point has driven it. But I want to be clear, like this is – so much of this is because Stephen Berman says, has always said whatever we can do all the time. So this, we've done some really neat stuff that's sort of outside the scope of this. So when, when the tornado struck Henryville in 2012 down in Clark County, he was the first one. He said, hey, let's do a Christmas in July. So they brought – thousands of toys down here. And each each year, by the way, we do about thirty to 40,000 toys. So it's not a small effort. It's it's a big, big effort. It's a lot of toys that get distributed. And in 2017, when the hurricanes hit in Orlando and Houston, Miami, uh, Berman said, hey, let's work with those owners and those organizations and do distributions in their cities. So we did that too. This year, what he wanted to do was something in the, U- in the Ukraine. And so we started talking about what that could look like. And we're, we're fortunate here, the Pacers, that we've got Jim Morris as our vice chairman course he, he ran the world food program for for five years so working through our network there uh, we connected with the world food program in Ukraine and, and put them together with Jack's Pacific and we did a, a distribution of toys out there but but then he also leveraged the board that he's on so we got clothes out there we got food out there and the footage is just incredible when you see these kids in these hospitals or these orphanages they were all refugee kids within the Ukraine that's obviously ravaged now by war um and it's just an incredible incredible thing so that's one of the things we did this year that's a, that's a little bit different and uh but he has never said no and it's really an awesome awesome thing
2: pacers back in action of course tonight in Cleveland, or is it tonight?
7: Yep, oh, tonight, 7.30.
3: Tonight. Uh-huh. Uh,
2: Sunday, 5 o'clock against the Knicks is what I was getting at Cambridge Fieldhouse, so chance for people to come down and see the new renovations, which I know Danny is proud of the work that they've done there. But, Danny, um, listen, man, great connection towards helping out the kids, and I-, I wondered why Silver was here, but that's a pretty good celebration. Yeah. And and uh, we certainly appreciate it, not only um, for the work that you did in, in kind of renovating the Fieldhouse, but also in helping brighten some kids' Christmas. Uh, great initiative, and certainly appreciate you explaining it this morning.
7: Yeah, I, I appreciate it, guys. And remember that All-Star voting opens up on December 20th, so people can fans can go to, to uh, NBA.com and get their NBA IDs and make sure they vote for, for our guys, for Benedict and for Tyrese. We've got we've got an exciting team this year. And, of course, we've got the Indy Classic. We've got the number one team in the country coming in here tomorrow to play, and there's still tickets available. So if, if folks want to come out to the Indy Classic, uh, make sure you go on the GameBridge uh, Fieldhouse website and, and get your
3: tickets. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. Yep, Tyrese Alburn should be a lock for the All Star, certainly All Star game, certainly with how he has played this season. Busy weekend of hoops here in Indy, not only over Game Bridge, but tomorrow night Hinkle Fieldhouse, a big one for Thad Mata and the Bulldogs. We'll talk with Thad next about hosting undefeated UConn.
5: Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Keycimta, Ofatumumab twenty milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta and check out the details at kisimtacom Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
3: It's a big one tomorrow night inside of Hinkle Fieldhouse. The undefeated UConn Huskies come to town to open up the Big East slate for Butler. UConn 11-0 on the year. They have not... Had a single game in single digits yet. They've been extremely impressive early in the season, so quite the test for that Mata's bunch. Definitely is playing a little bit better basketball as of late, and seems to be getting healthier as well. The head coach of the Bulldogs joins us now. Morning, coach. Good morning, guys. How are you? All? Doing well. Um, just your early thoughts on what you've seen from UConn. Again, they've been very impressive. Double digits in all these wins, uh, and certainly. Um, one of the surprises, I think, this season and how uh, good they've been.
6: Well, you know, they, they definitely are a, a really, really good basketball team. I mean, they've got uh, – it seems like just a – a. All the pieces fit together for them in terms of they got size, they've got shooting, they've got uh, you know really really good guard play, and um, you know and, and they're they're very tough physical defensively, and uh, you know heck, heck of a matchup for us tomorrow. There's there's no question about that. It's kind of like a, a you know early. I think the early seasons helped us um, and some of the teams that we played, and and you know. Like I said, hopefully we're, we're ready to uh, go out and compete for 40 minutes.
2: You know, it's interesting to me, Coach, that when you, you get into league play now, obviously with Connecticut and into the Big East, so you're now seeing teams that probably know your tendencies, know what you do, and vice versa more so. Does the approach in terms of game preparation change to set your team up and get ready for league play and the grind of it versus playing teams from all over the place in the pre-conference
6: you know, it, it really doesn't, and and I say that from the standpoint of, you know, we are who we are, and and we've got to prepare our guys for what we're, what we need to do well, and and how we need to do it. Um, I think, you know, when, when you get into the second round and you're playing, you know, a UConn for the second time, you know, at that point, there, there really becomes not very many secrets. Um, but, you know, from, from the standpoint of, of our approach to the game, it's, it's very similar in terms of, of all the games we've had thus far. And, um, you know, to, to me, it's about getting our guys ready to play and execute the game plan of, of what we need to do to win the game.
2: You know, it's funny. I always think back, Coach, Thad Mott is our guest, by the way, in the Payless Sugars Hotline. I think back to the movie Hoosiers when Gene Hackman, Norman Dale, is like talking to the fans, and he says, you know, I, the boys and I have gotten to get to know each other here, and we're still kind of feeling things out, and da 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 And any time a guy is you know, you're back into a new situation. How long does it take to kind of get to know your guys? And by that, you know what I mean by that. I mean, know everything about yeah, no. what makes them work.
6: You know, it's funny because I, I've said this. I. It seems like each day we're still learning more and more about these guys. Um, you know, from how do they respond after a loss to how do they respond after a win. Um you know uh, how a guy do after a bad game, after a good game? Um, you know, it just there's there's so many dynamics that people don't understand to, uh, to coaching, and you know, I think uh, the, the longer you're in a program, you've got sustainability, that sort of thing, and, and you know your guys, um, it, it does make it a little bit easier. But I also say this: that's kind of the fun part of getting to know these guys. I mean, when I say we've got a great group of guys, I mean. Uh, I haven't had too many teams like this. It's just uh, they're, they're fun to be around. They're, they they work hard. They uh, you know we go from the film room to the court. They go out. They execute, and and uh, and that's that's made you know our job as coaches a lot easier this year.
2: You know, for people that are listening, coach that. Just in everyday life, you know, whether it's somebody who's listening that's an architect or a lawyer or a teacher, whatever it might be, you clearly are a leader. I mean, you're a coach, you've done it for a long time. Can you give me an example of. The different ways to manage people and how to navigate through figuring out how different people respond to different circumstances. Aside from just having them go out and play a basketball game, give me an example of how you can read someone to then know how they best will respond to the way that you can teach them.
6: Uh you know it's, it's funny because all those people out there listening, the the teachers, the architects, all that. I I've always said this: we all play the same game; we just wear different uniforms. Um, you know, it's it's motivating people. But I, I think you know an, an example would be uh, um, you know a kid he, he has a has a bad practice and you sit down and you talk to him afterwards and you say hey you know this is this is what you're going to do well here's what we need and and you know the the next day he comes in he's got fire in his eyes and 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 he's really trying to take to heart and at that point you say okay this kid's coachable this kid even wants to be a basketball player um you know I, I think another example is, and and I saw this in the Cal game Saturday um you know one of our guys came off the bench and made a, a heck of a play and you know there were three guys that been playing literally 40 minutes a game and they fired off the bench and, and, and were cheering for that guy. And, you know, it, when, when you see that during the game, when you see it on the tape on a flight home, you're saying, like, you know what, those guys are good teammates, man. I, I can win with these guys. And, and, and those would be a couple examples, I think, of just, uh, you know, sort of watching, watching everything come to fruition.
3: Tomorrow night, again, it'll be Thad Mata's Bulldogs hosting the undefeated UConn Huskies over at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Coach, you've had a pretty short rotation here early in the season. and I assume health <laughs> has played a part in that. Um, I guess, has it played a part in that? And are you guys getting a little bit healthier here as conference season unfolds? Yeah, it, uh, uh, health
6: definitely played a, a factor in our, our short rotation. Um you know, I, 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 we are getting healthier. We we actually believe this or not? Um, we've we've practiced the last two days. We haven't been able to practice for a month um, because of of numbers and and the thing is, we can't get anybody hurt. You know, we want to we want to win the war, not the battle. And, um, and 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 the guys have been tremendous. But uh, you know, we were we had twelve or thirteen guys um, practicing. Yesterday and and for a couple of them it was the first time they'd been out there. So um, you guys know how it is. I know you both are stellar athletes. If you haven't done anything, mm, first, that's right. First, sure, that's if right. If you haven't you haven't done anything for five months, um, just don't go out there and put the switch. So you know we got we got to get some guys back in the fold and, and get them reps and, and get them in uh, as close to game shape as we possibly can. But that's that just doesn't happen overnight. And um, but it, it did it did feel good to. Um, to be able to give uh, Eric Hunter or Manny Bates a little rest in practice.
3: I think I peaked as an athlete for Joel Cornett and Thomas Jackson at Butler Basketball Camp actually <laughs> back in the day. It was, if I take two charges, can I go get fun dip at halftime from the um, from the snack bar? Uh, again, Thad Motto with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I- Coach, I'm a big Notre Dame basketball fan, so I watch Notre Dame in the ACC. And when I saw Manny Bates' name pop up on your guys' radar, I'm thinking, "Oh boy, that's a good player." And that's kind of a body type that Butler. I, I'm not used to them having. What has Manny Bates meant to you guys, um, especially given just kind of the lack of health you've had in the front court?
6: Yeah, well, you know, Manny, it's it's funny because knock on wood, and I am right now. He's been he's been healthy for us this year, and um, you know, I, I I look at a guy like Manny, and and you know, number one, he's he's a college graduate. Uh, he's a very very mature kid, and and he's one of those guys that he's he came to Butler University, and he's got something to prove. You know, things didn't go uh, maybe as well as he wanted it to at N.C. State with all his. But he's also been a great teammate, a great leader for us. And, um, you know, when I recruited him, I, I told him, I said, Manny, I, you know, nobody's followed Butler basketball closer than I have, and, and Butler hasn't had one like you. And, um, you know, just from his shot blocking and, you know, finishing around the rim and he's able to step out and knock down jump shots, uh, could not be happier with what Manny's given us thus far.
2: You are 8-3 and three right now, Coach Thadmata and the Butler Bulldogs. You mentioned NC State. That was one of the three losses, but... In those eleven games, in which game did you learn the most about your team?
6: Oh boy! I tell you what, that that's a, a tough tough question um, because I I, I learned um, I've, I've learned something every game. To be honest with you, um, I, I think that the biggest thing, and, and we've talked with our guys about this. Um, you know, we, we've we've shown that we can. Uh, like, very careful by how I say this, uh, but we have learned that we can throw a punch. At the beginning, we, we really couldn't take one. And um, I think that was what the beauty of going to the Bahamas. Um, you know, we, we, we learned that we weren't uh, as strong as we needed to be to adversity and and, um, you know 36-34 with 13 minutes going second half against Tennessee we had three turnovers in a row Um, you know just just things like that I I think that's the the biggest thing and as you go into league play I mean we're playing a top five team in the country tomorrow night like you you better be able to take a punch and, and you know retaliate uh, and, and, and when I say punch, I mean uh, you know things don't go well, but you, you still execute defensively. You're not making shots, but you're still getting stops. You know things like that is 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 what I'm, I'm learning about this team. We're getting better at. I'm- He's dropping out again.
2: I think, Coach. I could be wrong in this. Stad Mott is our guest. He's on the Payless Sugar's hotline again. Butler in Connecticut this weekend. Uh, this is, I believe, your 19th season as a head coach. So I'm curious, in your opinion, have you been 19 different head coaches? Do you have to change the way you coach every year?
6: <laughs> you do. I, I, I think so. I, I think that's one thing that I've always done. You know, there's there's certain guys out there that, hey, it's, it's this way and we're gonna do this regardless because it's how I do it. And and, and I've really tried to alter um, throughout my approach, and you know, even back early on at Ohio State, I mean, we were the king of one and done back then. You know, we were, we were losing guys every year to the NBA, and we, and we were constantly adjusting. You know, I, I'll be honest with you, this is uh, the team that, that we've coached thus far was not the team I thought we were going to have of all the injuries that we've had I thought it was going to be a different team and, and uh, but I, I will say this I don't know if I've ever been happier as a coach of a group of guys that have, have bought into what we've, we've asked them to do and, and sort of changed positions and, and that sort of thing and uh, we we got to keep building it there's no question about
3: that Coach, last one for me. And again, Thad Mata with us here. Butler and UConn tomorrow night over at Hinkle. You know, this Saturday in December, we're, we're used to here locally the Crossroads Classic. That, that's kind of been the the mainstay here in this December 16th calendar range over yeah. the years. Uh, obviously, it's no longer. Purdue will be at Gainbridge Fieldhouse tomorrow. It seemed like Butler had some interest in the Crossroads Classic continuing. Butler had great success, frankly, in the Crossroads Classic. Do you foresee opportunities? And I know... A lot of it is probably out of your control Down the road to play Indiana and or Purdue Whether it's home and homes Or on a neutral floor
4: Um, Coach,
3: you there? there. Hello Hello like uh, he was in and out a few times throughout Went the year through there. So I'd like to know on that front. I'd
2: like to know if Quinn Buckner is going to buy him dinner if he beats Connecticut.
3: I, I was kind of looking forward to the answer to that question. I threw out. him. <laughs> it's the best so, question you had. Right? <laughs> I know. I felt like that was that's one of my good ones. Try him again, Coach. We uh, we, we we lost you there. Uh, Indiana Purdue. Could you foresee that on the schedule in the future?
6: I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't talked to to Scott or Mike about that. Um, up Arizona and they play Kansas tomorrow uh, yeah I think we'll just let and um, so it's just uh, definitely a, a, a different thing but uh, I don't know we'll see what we can do with it
3: well coach good luck tomorrow night again I know that I think there are a few tickets still available so for those looking for something to do tomorrow night some Hinkle magic could be happening over there on 49th street so good luck tomorrow coach and thanks as always all right, guys. Thank you, man. Bad motto right there on the Payless Liquors hotline. I think the goal is you hope UConn shoots like Coach's phone. Maybe they're linking the right. interview. That's right. I um,
2: What do we say of the unbeatens left? You got Connecticut. You got Virginia. You got Mississippi State. Uh, I think there were seven or 18. Purdue. Right? Purdue, obviously. Um, to think who, who we're missing. There was another one up top that was obvious, but Houston lost, right to Alabama. Houston did lose. I, I just always, and it's not because it's. I mean, when I was a kid, it was because it was Indiana. You know, that I was always. There are three things that, for whatever reason, I've always, I've always followed and enjoyed following into my adulthood in, about sports. One is the last college unbeaten in basketball. Um, obviously, you know, Kentucky and Gonzaga. Making a strong run with different teams in the last 10 years. One is the Heisman Trophy. I've always been fascinated by the Heisman, and the other is the Kentucky Derby. Those three things. Really? Yeah. I don't know.
3: Uh, Didn't realize you were a big Derby guy. I, I, no matter where
2: I am, I always stop to watch the Kentucky yeah.
3: Derby. Yeah, I actually just, uh, pulled out the phone at a wedding this year to dial up the. Uh, I Derby. think part of
2: what makes the Derby special, if you're from Indianapolis, and I think people in Louisville, I've always liked this. When I was in high school, some of my buddies went to Hanover um, when we, you know, went to college. And at Hanover College, literally like half the school went to is from Indianapolis and half the school is from Louisville. So I became buddies with a lot of people from Louisville. And then a lot of my buddies moved to Louisville after we got out of college. And I do think that people that are that are native of Louisville and people that are native of Indianapolis do have a mutual understanding and respect as to what the Derby and the 500 respectively mean to the to the groups. You know what I mean? Like, I get, for people that live in Louisville and were born and raised there, and, and you know, you got the Oaks the day before and then Derby weekend – I get what it means to those folks because, having grown up here, I know what the 500 means to the culture here. And back home again, and then my old Kentucky home—you know—all of it coming together. I just have a great respect for it. I just think it's a cool event.
3: Hey, you know, kind of the question I was, you know, asking Thad Mata there at the end about you know, playing Indiana and/or Purdue in the future. I am a little bummed, Jake, on this Friday that there is no Crossroads Classic. Tomorrow, it was a, an event I always look forward to. Totally. Um, I thought it was a really fun event, and bringing you know the four fan bases certainly you had more prominent ones than others. Not a lot of Notre Dame basketball fans in the building for the Crossroads Classic, but always enjoyed that doubleheader. Um, and again, I fully understand why Indiana and Notre Dame, in particular, wanted to back out. And we played the Matt Painter clip a little bit earlier. You know, I don't think it's a guarantee that necessarily Purdue is going to be in Gamebridge House on an annual basis, like they are. Um, tomorrow evening we'll we'll see if that continues and you know Indiana is playing a game tomorrow that's awesome for college basketball I mean you're getting two historic programs on campus venues very prominent this is why you know you say to these kids in college sports hey you're gonna play in these atmospheres that you will never be able to replicate in the NBA right and I think that's really really cool and so I hope for tomorrow now, it's a great game at Allen Fieldhouse uh,
2: Kansas is not in session though their students are home. So I don't know if that's oh, an really? advantage Indiana. Yeah, I think I, their students are gone. You'd
3: think enough live within driving distance to be in the building, right? Yeah, I mean... Certainly. Although 11 a.m. local time, that's, that's I mean, early. Certainly,
2: KU is to... Lawrence is to Kansas City as Bloomington is to Indianapolis from a time standpoint. You know, 55 minutes away. Um, but, you know, Kansas is such a big state, man. I mean, you. I had classmates from literally you know six seven hours away that were kansas in state students because it's just a massive state and you know you get into western kansas middle of nowhere you know i had a guy a buddy of mine when i was at ku uh sean hoog was his name was from emporia kansas and we were in emporia kansas small town middle of nowhere and we passed i might have told you guys this we passed this mammoth house biggest house i've ever seen and i'm like holy cow man like this is in emporia kansas who lives there (laughs) and he goes well you know those like things when and of course now these are totally passé but before cars had consoles with cup holders in them there were little plastic things you could buy at the gas station that were that you would hook on the inside of your doorwell like in the windowsill of your car for your can of coke the dude that invented them was from Emporia Kansas and made like 20 million dollars look at that bought some massive house and then here's my other Kansas fun fact for you guys Hutchinson Kansas had underground salt mines got a great JUCO program don't they Hutch yeah Hutch junior college yeah and uh, the whole state of Kansas had a bunch of junior colleges but um, underground in hutchinson kansas are salt mines that creates a certain salt-like humidity in the air that perfectly preserves film and all of the original film like gone with the wind and wizard of oz and all the classic citizen kane all of the classic films from hollywood back of yesteryear are stored in vaults underneath hutchinson kansas look at that there's your fun fact of the day
3: now, w- would as, it be fair to say, to say you, you you didn't yeah. learn you didn't learn much in Lawrence, but at least That's, at least
2: you learned that that we just exhausted every single bit of information that my brain was able to process at the University of Kansas in the 1992 school year. That is correct.
3: Mike Woodson said yesterday that Jalen hood Shafino would practice. They're the going that back, get him used to some contact, see how he responds. So at least a chance that Indiana could have him back. Uh, And it goes without saying how important his presence is after what happened, you know, not only at Rutgers, but uh, in Vegas as well. So big one for Indiana tomorrow. Again, a noon tip time from Allen Fieldhouse. All right, Freebie Friday on the Pop Quiz is coming up. Again, a pair. This is our final pair, right? Mark, final uh, pair, for of this game, yeah. Ball state Georgia Southern tickets for Wednesday turp, at Warden Arena. Speaking of Ball State, they'll be the leadoff tomorrow over Gainbridge Fieldhouse against Illinois State. I think that's a 330 tip there. So um, like we've done all week long, that will be the giveaway on the pop quiz and a Jiffy Lube oil change coming your way on this freebie Friday. Uh, let's do a morning check down.
0: The Morning Checkdown brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at ballstate.sports.com on 935 and 1075 The Fan.
2: In the association tonight the Indiana Pacers in Cleveland taking on the Cavaliers there back at the Fieldhouse on Sunday. More 5 o'clock tip against the New York Knicks. Winners last night, just four games in the NBA. Miami over Houston, 111-108. It was Memphis all over. Milwaukee, 142-101. The Pelicans beaten by the Jazz, 132-129. Jordan Clarkson, by the way, 39 in that game. And Phoenix over the Clippers, 111-95. A three-game win streak snapped for the Clips.
3: And again, this will be the first time the Pacers have played. One of the best teams in the East this season. Cleveland currently third place, a seven and A 7.5-point favorite over Indiana Jake last night Thursday night football the 49ers continue to impress that is 7 straight Brock Purdy gets another win filling in for Jimmy Garoppolo who's filling in for Trey Lance no Debo Samuel but Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle uh, were outstanding 21-13 they beat the Seattle Seahawks So, I've said throughout the show uh, San Francisco defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans needs to be on the interview list for the Colts here at the end of the season. And right now, it seems like a San Francisco team that is rising and a Seattle oh, team are, that is faltering. You're not kidding about that.
2: <laughs> uh, World Cup final is set. That game is going to be played when? Is it game or match? Which do we, we say?
3: Sunday morning on the pitch, 10 a.m. start time. We've got the third place game tomorrow, mm-hmm. Croatia and Morocco. Who are you, pulling, who, who are you going think with You on give that? those picks at the end of the show. Along I think with I'm going opponents. for MAR, right? How about this? That's the French three letter abbreviation that FIFA uses for Morocco
2: over under of total goals scored in these
3: two matches I'll put it at three and a half which one are you taking over or under you gotta over. cheer you gotta cheer for goals over I'll go over but that's a great I think that's a great over under that is a pretty tough one isn't it France Argentina you care
2: uh, I'm going with France. I've been to France. I've not been to Argentina. I think yesterday You I want said the defending champs? Yeah, why not? I'll
3: we'll go with Argentina. French people were nice when I was there. I thought they were nice. Let's give, uh, give Messi the World Cup there to kind of round out an incredible career. Uh, Colts news as they get ready again for the Vikings. 1 o'clock tomorrow. No Kenny Moore. No Mike Strawn. Brandon Faison, another corner. Uh, it seems unlikely he's going to play. He's been out all week due to illness. So, um, banged up cornerback group facing Justin Jefferson. That spread though is hovered kind of right around four. Mark said he saw it at three and a half. Vikings favored heading into tomorrow, so we'll round out the show it, with our picks.
2: If it was going to ha- ever, excuse me,
3: if it was ever going to happen for Mike strong it would have
2: happened by now, right?
3: You know, it's still year two for him, um, but I would say it's been a disappointing second season. Yeah, I mean, you'd throw Desmond Patman into that group. I feel like he. One. Showed out in training camp, and then that's like the Correct.
4: last we've heard of him.
2: The Drew Haddad All Star. Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: He, uh, you know, he had his best game, arguably, was probably the first game of his career. Yeah. And then nothing. Nothing from him. Uh, pretty manageable pop
2: quiz, by the way.
3: Really? I think Those so. Those are fighting words. Boy, nothing says Scotty. Well, it's a freebie Friday anyway, but nothing is just slapping the face at Scotty. Like, I'm jake's ain't a manageable pop quiz
2: well scotty's uh decked out in all cincinnati reds gear here so there's got to be something related to the pop quiz that equates to a win you scotty
4: know looks I mean? like the free agent that the reds have signed oh wait they've
3: signed <laughs> nobody so <laughs> no good one mark uh, yeah <laughs> four and five i think those are difficult ones jake well, certainly some hints can be done.
2: Uh, you just hope on number four that somebody gets the right answer.
3: Freebie Friday coming up here on the Pop Quiz.
5: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kisimta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta And check out the details at kisimta.com Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
6: Have you
1: studied? Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your
0: pencils. It's time for the Pop Quiz with Kevin and Quarry. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985.
2: Jake, when's the last time you've been to
3: the Vogue? I love the
2: Vogue. Um, I went and saw Colin Hay at the Vogue last spring. And then I saw the Bodines there probably a year and a half ago. Wife well, had a Christmas party there last night. It's a great venue. It's great. Great venue. Scott Craigie's done a great job with it. They also, the Ruins, which is, you know, they're in, um, I always forget, is it Holiday Park or Marat Park? It's Holiday Park in yeah. Springville, uh-huh. right? That's the same the same folks, the same outfit. Um, started doing stuff at the Ruins, which is a fabulous venue as well. But the Vogue is super cool.
3: Good. Eric Tobias and now owns the Vogue. Does that sound right? Well,
2: there's a group, I think. Craigie's part of of it. And I think Tobias, too. There's like four, I think. Yeah.
3: He was a fun time last night at the Vogue. Um, All right. It is freebie Friday for the pop quiz. Jake, number one through eight, as we give away our final pair of Ball State Georgia Southern tickets, along with that Jiffy Lube oil change. Uh,
2: We're within, what is today's date? 16th. I was going to say we're within, so it's nine Christmas, well, eight. Eight shopping days left, so we'll go with eight.
3: Oh, you can shop on the 25th. I have shopped before on the 25th. Really? Oh, yeah. Where? Well, CBS and Walgreens have some great, and great buys <laughs> Wow, that time of year. Okay. Got a great deal on like ibuprofen <laughs> here. I mean, it's not yeah. like Santa oh, can like be it. What if you know, like Santa can be everywhere now. in my 1205? What
4: about mayonnaise? Do they have mayonnaise? Oh, <laughs> well, they got plenty of mayonnaise. <laughs> I <laughs> I mean,
3: literally, peanut butter M&M's, two for three fifty. dollars Talk about a I great stock. smell like salad.
4: an egg salad sandwich, but it really, really works. <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> what number did you go with? eight jeremy oh you spoke in class today oh jeremy didn't jeremy like didn't job. like the mail conversation okay. <laughs> pick another number
3: Oh, uh, let's cut it in half four
4: okay shane what's up shane not much gentlemen how are you guys today shane do you like your name
2: i like it uh, i do we've had this conversation before about alan ladd
3: right Yes, sir. Yeah. Shane, are you a Ball State fan, or are you just trying to test your knowledge today?
7: Oh, just trying to test knowledge, but uh, I love basketball, so being able to see the Cardinals would be be nice, and uh, see Michael Lewis up close. There That's you go. Cool. They got cool. a
3: lot of Indiana flavor on that roster, which I've always uh, enjoyed about Ball State. Well, you were yes, definitely sir.
2: on your way to do that, because that comes with the freebie Friday. Of course, everybody was getting tickets this week for Ball State. Uh, have you, Shane, have you been to Worthington Arena? um yes uh several years one of my former players uh
7: zach fields uh played at ball state
3: oh yeah was that um for some reason i'm picturing hsc but i think that's wrong and then maybe that was Zach gun i'm yeah, thinking that's Zach
2: gun yeah. yeah where, where fields was fields was, from uh, from jennings county that's right big dude yeah about six eleven. that's that's north vernon right yes sir
3: okay Did he played IEPY or am i imagining more things
2: no, he was at
7: Ball State. Ball State. Actually, ended up being yeah, a, a pretty good fly fisherman.
3: Wow, really, boy! Okay. Probably the tallest on tour. Would be my guess. Uh, talk about intimidating there. The fish would just—I don't <laughs> know if they'd gravitate towards that. I've always wondered: is it called
2: fly fishing because of the way that you have to to fly the cast, or because you are actually simulating a fly on the water to get the fish? Uh, good question. Do we know that? Do you
3: know, Kevin? These are the kind of things that keep me awake at night. Can't say I do, and can't say I'll put too much thought into that here after the show.
2: Here we go, Shane. Question number one for you. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. Tomorrow up in the land of the Norse, it's going to be the Colts and the Vikings. One o'clock kick in Minnesota. Who leads the all-time series? They played 26 times. There has been a tie. I will tell you that. But
3: between the Colts and the Vikings, who leads the all-time series? Uh, and the Colts. Okay. the Colts. won their last matchup there. That was a nice win the Colts got uh, inside of that building. All right, number two. Uh, who's the Vikings head coach? Kevin O'Connell, Mike Zimmer, Dennis Allen, or Todd Bowles? Kevin O'Connell. Okay. it's kind of a layup, Scotty.
2: Question number three. Who currently leads the NFL in sacks? Is it Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, or Matthew Judon? Uh, I didn't get to see San Francisco's last game,
7: so I will, uh, I'm going to say Judon.
4: Okay.
3: Number four. It's not yet Christmas, and Memphis's John Moran has tied the Grizzlies franchise record for most triple doubles in a season. Last night, as he picked up number three in a Memphis win over the Bucks. Whose record of three triple doubles in a season by a Grizzlies player did he tie? Hal Gasol, Delon Wright, Mark Gasol, or Sharif Abdul Rahim?
2: Um, I'll go with Sharif. All right, lastly, Shane. Happy 60th birthday to William the Refrigerator Perry, who played collegially Kevin at Auburn. Mark Clemson. Thank you, Clemson, yes. The 300 pound defensive lineman <laughs> scored a touchdown in the Bears 46 10, shellacking of the Patriots in Super Bowl 20. Who scored the first touchdown in Super Bowl twenty? Was it, in fact, the Fridge? Was it Jim McMahon, Walter Payton, or Matt Sui? Uh, Matt Suey.
3: I'd love to see the Fridge just roll down that hill at a Clemson football game. Can we make that happen? <laughs> he might have back in the day, right? And then, 300 pounds
2: these days do you know isn't, what, isn't much. And then Pet the Rock? Do you know what Matt Suey's nickname was? No.
3: Hideki. Hideki. Okay. Shane might be my favorite. In my favorite. opinion, that's I, heard, I Shane heard did not laugh gap. at all. Scotty has disappeared. Scotty is underneath the desk. That literally might be the worst one you've ever had. I, that was really bad. I was like, I don't think he had one. I wish I would have <laughs> given Shane more hints for the fact that he didn't laugh at that one. I, I wish I would have known that and uh, could have been. His
2: phone dropped temporarily. He was on Thad Modest <laughs> Shane, are you there? I am. Thank you. (laughs) That was good one. Shane, were you not thinking to yourself, Shane? Were you not thinking to yourself? That's brilliant. Isn't that what you thought right then? Exactly. Shane, I was at a loss for
7: words.
3: I was, I was so impressed. <laughs> Shane, if we feed the ego anymore, it'll be the size of this tree here on Monument Circle. You're just like,
4: just give me the damn tickets. <laughs> yeah,
3: literally. All right, uh, uh, Colts Vikings tomorrow afternoon. Shane, you were all over this one. They do lead the season series. Let's go. Eighteen
2: seven and one are the Colts. The Vikings head coach is, in fact, Kevin O'Connell. So two correct. for two.
3: Uh, How many sacks for this guy last night? He had at least one. Uh, Matthew Judon, unfortunately, is second on the sack list currently in the NFL. Nick Bosa with 15.5 leads the league. Mm You blew it! Come on now. A little harsh. That is bad that joke. You don't even get I
2: thought it was pretty good. Home game. You're a complete loser. Now, (laughs) DeLon Wright for number four. And the number five obviously was Matsui, but you knew it wasn't Walter Payton because... In a career at Mark Dykton, you can answer this better than I, perhaps, because you grew up a Bears fan and in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But Mike Dick, a beloved in Chicago, but if there is one demerit against him, it's that he did not get Walter Payton a touchdown He said in that that's Super his Bowl.
4: biggest regret in his coaching career. Yeah, He said if he would have known, he would have done it. Isn't that kind of like a nice problem to have? Yeah, it is. Hang in there, Shane. The guy's a winner.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree with that on Shane.
2: What's interesting about
4: the fridge?
2: I mean, that was so, he was such an anomaly back then, and he was so larger than life and everything else. And I mean, he was a phenomenon, quite frankly. But Kevin, I you know, a three hundred pound mobile defensive tackle today is like the norm, right? That's Grover Stewart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. back back then it was like totally unheard of and unseen
3: and i think it's a position that continues to rise and how the nfl looks at it values it Again, interior pressure from a pocket standpoint I, I think financially you're going to see that position get paid and that's a credit again to grover stewart who got paid a couple years ago and his play has only ascended since then all right we'll close out the show and we will give out some picks here for the weekend kevin aquaria one final time big plans for the weekend we are doing... Uh, shout out to uh, Pat Sullivan and Solven Hardware. We're doing the Solven Train this evening. Always a fun Christmas event for our family. So, really looking forward to that. It's an outstanding time for those that have not taken part in it. Uh, tomorrow, some Colts action. It's kind of awkward, the 1 o'clock kick on a Saturday. I know. You know the... And I'm sure Regent Bryan will be all over me
2: on this. Um, because I won't be seeing the game live... How dare you?
3: What my, do you got on the agenda tomorrow? Well, afternoon? my
2: family, my parents have bought I mean it's kind of a tradition for our family. We go to the Yuletide every year. Right. Here oh yeah, the, we're doing that the, Sunday the, evening. Circle. So, my parents had originally my my dad in particular loves watching Colts games. I mean, loves it. So when he bought tickets, you know, a month ago or whatever, he bought them for Saturday. Thinking one o'clock Sunday, the, he bought them for the matinee on Saturday. Thinking the Colts play because that was Sunday, the yeah. that was also between my nieces and nephew. You know, it was the time that the one time that we could kind of coordinate where everybody was available. So we bought them for, or he bought them for tomorrow at I think twelve thirty or one o'clock or whatever. And it's I was
4: like, well. I there's no way they're going to put the Colts on national right. TV
3: again. Yeah, right. it's funny. That's the second year in a row, Jake. The Colts have had this Saturday game. Remember last year it was Colts Patriots. Yeah. That was after the Crossroads Classic. Last year, you had the big day. You had the Crossroads Classic and then That's Colts right. Patriots That's right. at home. And probably a bit of assault and wounds. It's kind of wild how the Colts, Colts franchise has unfolded over the last 12 months since really, I think, one of the cooler moments inside of Lucas Oil with that Jonathan Taylor touchdown run. So, well, yeah. Uh, Mark, how about you guys?
4: Uh, we're going to go to the Louisville uh, mega cavern they have lights in the cave we've done that every year uh since we had kids so we're gonna do that again i think Ma- we're doing mag- it tonight maybe May
3: I ask a dumb question Was this sure. maga like make america great no,
4: again like is that mega, what i heard me oh. good lord wait, wait. Go down to two floors, Kev. I just thought it was a reasonable question no. on Friday at 947. Like, that's the, like that's zip, the NFT cards that you're they, getting for they Christmas, They are ship right? lining. They have all this other stuff. So, no. We've done it every year. It's very are fun. Very cool. A, a dumb question, because I know
2: that Kentucky as a state is very cavernous, obviously. Mm-hmm. Is this a natural
4: cave, or is this like a fabricated... I believe it's a natural cave, but obviously they've... You know, made some adjustments to it to make I, it more.
3: I did the Wyandot Caves back in southern, er, back when I was in junior uh, high, Southern Indiana. That was kind of a cool. Field Wyandot trip. Wyandot Caves? Mm-hmm.
4: That's at
2: 79th and Dean, isn't it? Oh, I'm sorry, that's or not 79th and Dean, 79th and River Road. That would be Wyandot School.
3: In my opinion, that sucked. <laughs> Come on, You're on man. a roll
2: today. Um when you went to the Wyandotte Caves, is that like down near Bloomington or Bedford? Boy, for some reason, I thought it was further south that than may, that. That may be. I don't know. But did you have to... I was like in sixth grade. Did you have grade. to spelunk like through tight quarters? Or was yeah. It, uh,
3: uh-huh. It, 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 it was man. fun. I, I mean, and I'm probably a little bit more claustrophobic than most. I think being on a field trip, being with your friends probably helps. But um, yeah, could, it was a cool experience. Could you do...
2: If you were spelunking and you had to crawl through, let's say, a tunnel... That you knew for a fact you would not get stuck in, but it was, you know, let's say you had like a one-inch boundary all around you. Would you be able to do it?
3: Yeah, boy, I don't know. I mean, the fact that the reassurance of not getting stuck would be ideal, but I'm not a great contorter of my body. I mean, there have been people... Oh man,
2: just the thought of
3: it to me kind of freaks me. Yeah, out. Yeah, it
2: there. is a little. bit. I want
4: to do it, but I have done it, but I I would like to do it again. But yeah, that would. Have you been to
2: Mammoth Cave, Mark? Yep. I mean, it seems like you guys. Do I haven't gone kind of in it, but
4: oh, we went. We went like to like. We didn't do a tour of it. But we went down in it, but yeah, I would love to do that. I, I Blue don't. Spring Caverns. That's another great one.
3: I know we touched on this to kind of lead off the show, Jake. I don't think you make too much of the Drew Brees interim assistant for Purdue. I mean, it's cool, but I just you know. But I do think it's important for Purdue as a football program that Drew Brees still really cares. Totally. That that is a
2: fair statement. He yep. lives in San Diego. He's around uh, Drew Brees is around Purdue more than say Antoine Rendelles around Indiana, right? And I mean I mean
3: Tim Brown and Notre Dame, right. you know, like, right. I think that's really really important for Purdue. He has no connections to Ryan Walters. He doesn't need to do this. I mean, he's got minimal connections with Jeff Braum. It's not like it's Joe Tiller still coaching at at Purdue. And it's not like he grew up a Purdue fan. Right. Right. You know, it's Texas and San Diego. I mean, that's, you know, again, where his ties are. So I think it's important for Purdue that Drew Brees continues to want to have this sort of relationship um, with them. And again, he leads their NIL collective. And, you know, in a way, maybe that's motivational for some of those guys during bowl practices that Drew Brees will be there. Uh, watching. Again, Graham Harrell, that's the name reportedly of the new offensive coordinator. He comes from, he played for Mike Leach, coached with Mike Leach a little bit, most recently at West Virginia, uh, also was the OC at USC. Uh, Think air raid, spread attack. It's going to be very much modern college football. Well, you remember
2: when, if you recall when Texas Tech was ranked number one. It might—it was one of the first years that, like the BCS, it might have even been the college football rankings came out. Oh, the Michael Crabtree game, right? the Michael Crabtree touchdown that yeah. beat Texas, and that was Graham Harrell, right? Uh-huh. And, and I mean, he threw for—it was just ridiculous—the numbers he was throwing for. Yeah, it was like 500 yards every week. Yeah, and you realize now—I mean, a lot of that was that offense, right? That—that—and I give Purdue a lot of credit. I mean, that, that's a, a great way to go about doing it. You hire yourself. You know, you go out and you get a defensive-minded head coach, so now let's get an offensive coordinator that can just flat out
3: you know, come up with some innovative offense. It's a good way to do it. I just think it's a bummer that these guys again, not the f- the high-end draft picks are now opting out too on these bowl games. Yeah, I mean I mean again, N- Notre Dame's got two opt-outs. It looks like they are you know, first round picks. And I get Aiden O'Connell, obviously, he's been through hell, frankly, over the last few weeks. Totally understand that. You know, the Payne Durham, the Charlie Jones front, Corey Trice, it's just, it's just a bummer that the enticement of a January bowl game against an SEC opponent has lost so much luster. And it's college football wide. Again, I know we're singling out Purdue because they're in our own backyard, but. Just a bummer. It's a glorified spring game. That, I do understand. That's what your
2: bowl game is, Kevin. I, I understand why Aiden O'Connell. You know when I when I initially yesterday saw the headline, I was walking out of the building. Jimmy Cook was walking in yesterday, and I said, "Hey, did you just hear this Purdue news?" And he said about Drew Brees. And I said, when, "And he said, and you know, he told me that." And I said, "Oh, I didn't. I hadn't seen that yet." But Aiden O'Connell, it said, is not participating in the bowl game to enter the draft. And so we both kind of stood there like, is he really going to get, you know, I mean, he's probably a fringe draft player, right? Well, then, and I hadn't even thought about the passing of his brother and then read more about it. And what I saw was that it was not that he was bypassing the bowl game for the draft. It was that, and I understand this, that, you know, when Purdue was playing in the bucket game, he didn't have time to probably properly grieve after his brother's passing. And so just wanted to be around his family and take time away. And That's totally understandable totally understandable.
3: Again, Purdue tomorrow night with Davidson. Their first game is the number 1 team in college basketball this season, so you get the lawyer matchup again. Davidson not I think at the level maybe we've used, we're used to out of them 7 and 3 on the season. Uh but still that'll be fun atmosphere. Butler of course hosting UConn if you missed it we had that model on earlier. That'll be up on the podcast And in Indiana, Kansas, the Jalen Hood Chefino watch will certainly be very important. In Kansas, not super deep, not as big as Arizona, but still that environment will speak for itself.
2: Uh, By the way, the Colts apparently worked out, rumor has it, Uh, Nathan Rourke, somebody was asking me, uh, out of the CFL, played for the BC Lions, played collegiately for Ohio. Um, Kevin, you would know better than I, how often or how routine is it, how normal is it that when guys become available, especially from leagues whose season has ended, that they get a look?
3: Yeah. Um, basically, what you do is you sign guys to future contracts coming up here over the next couple of weeks. So um, I think that can be a part of it. You know, the Colts have had success mainly in the Ryan Grigson era with a guy like Jarrell Freeman. Um, Enoch Muamba was another guy they signed from the CFL. So typically, when the CFL season ends, you try and get a jump start on that. Um, and again, Jake, it's in a small way. It's kind of one of these reminders that. I have certainly not slammed the door shut on Chris Bauer still being here next season.
2: Uh, he, by the way,
3: was the winner, Nathan Rourke. He won the
2: award for the top Canadian football player that's awarded each year in the NCAA. Do you know the name of that award? The John Cornish Trophy. Doesn't that sound like a dish?
3: Yeah, it sounds like something on Thanksgiving, you'd have. The Cornish Award. All right, did Aunt Sally bring the Cornish this year? <laughs> I love that. I man. hope not. If it's like corn
2: pudding, I love it, man. Absolutely should, love it. Should we give our picks? Colts, Vikings? Yeah, let's do it.
4: Mark Dykton, you said it's fallen to 3.5? Falling to 3.5. And, and the over-under, last I saw, was like 47. 47.5, I believe. So... Uh, I don't know why the line is doing what it's doing. Uh, but I'm going to take the Vikings 28-17. I, I, I know the Vikings' defense stinks, but I don't know how the Colts are going to keep up with Justin Jefferson and that offense, TJ Hawkinson and whatnot. I mean, Jonathan Taylor might have himself a day against the defense. I, I can't see the Colts keeping pace with that Vikings' offense, though. Vikings 28, Colts 17.
2: Colts' defense has been a strength for them this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that you're talking about one of the most dynamic players in the NFL in Jefferson. Uh, and I, look, Cousins, there's nothing about him that blows you away, but I don't know that he's necessarily going to give you a game on a platter. I could be proven wrong in that. But I agree in, in their ability to score points against the Colts. So I will say... Uh, 30-17. What What'd you say? 28-17? 17 feels 20, 17. about right. Uh, I'll give the Colts a little love then. I'll say 30-21 in yeah, Minnesota.
3: all kind of hovering in the same area. Um, you know, to Mark's point, their defense has been awful as of late, particularly the pass defense. They also have really struggled to run the football. So, if Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner can control Dalvin Cook... You know, again, Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson. They've got other weapons too, but I am curious to see how that will unfold. It does appear, though, the Vikings are getting healthier. They're on a short week, but it looks like they're getting a little bit healthier. Uh, and I think blocking their edge, guys, Darius Smith and Daniil Hunter, uh, would have be of concern for me if I were the Colts. So, I also will go with Minnesota to cover 27-17. It seems like the Colts have scored 16 or 17 points in every game this season.
2: I mean, that's... Pretty fair, yeah.
3: Chase, Chase McLaughlin makes a 52-yarder. <laughs> you know, think you get a 17. It's indoors. Uh, everybody have a great
5: weekend. Jake, Mark, enjoy the Christmas activities. We will talk to you on Monday.